All right, everybody, welcome to episode eight of the Superhouse Podcast. This is a reconnection podcast. We are all college friends that are all met up. We're all meeting each other again, either online or in real life. And um, we like to talk about the things that we're interested in, such as video games, music, movies, um, a lot of comic book stuff, things like that. We're still like in the early processes of uh, trying to figure out what exactly this podcast is all about. But um, if you would join us on our journey... Uh, and uh, tag along, then that'd be great. Um, we're going to do a new section this time called Maddie's Music, and we're going to be uh, listening to, uh, well, we all listened to previously, or most of us listened to um, the the album Arcwork by a band called Liturgy. It's uh, kind of like, I don't know if you'd call it hipster black metal, or <laughs> or, or uh, what do you call it? Stefan called it... Um, experimental hip-hop with some black metal um <laughs> stylings i don't know what the fuck it was really weird but um i'll need a chance to clarify all right, yeah so getting right to it so maddie why this album uh basically because i've been listening to it for like three days straight um and i was just thinking about how we like i think johnson brought up how we i mean we talk a lot of we talk a lot about like comic book stuff and film and movies. And I mean, that's what we all love. Like, but I was like, man, maybe we should get into music. I mean, and I thought it would be easy for us to skim through like a 10 track, 11 track album better than like, Hey guys, want to start a book club and read a book together? Like, <laughs> yeah, you know, like that'd be cool. I'd love to do that. But I just feel like with everyone's time frame and what everyone's doing in life, it's kind of, there's no time. It's a good idea. It's fun. So I thought I'd just give it a go and, just try something a little weird that I'd heard, like from what I'd read online, a lot of people don't like it. A lot of people love it. And I just thought it'd be a good mix. And I thought I was hoping that some of you guys would hate it just so we could talk about it. But it seemed like, <laughs> it seemed like everyone kind of dug it for the most part. Um, mm. But yeah, I just tried to pick something interesting that I was into that was kind of bridging gaps be between genres. Uh, it's kind of the metal I'm kind of into that's trying something new. Um, because I mean, like I'll listen to like Judas Priest and like Slayer all day long, but I mean, you gotta, you gotta push the medium forward for better or worse, just to see what happens, you know? Yep. I mean, Th that was kind of what I noticed. Like I'm a big, like, like I told you guys, I'm a big, like thrash guy, like that band Warbringer and Metallica. They're my, some of my favorite, uh, metal bands. So with, to listen to this album, I haven't really been like super paying attention to i don't even know if they like to be called hipster <laughs> black metal but it felt like that to me sort of but i mean that i'm trying to say that in a good way um it's you know what it is really is like it's a marriage of like post-rock elements of like bands like mogwai and swans and fucking black uh godspeed you black emperor and it's being interpreted through this black metal filter it's like deaf heaven and ghost bath yeah. um and and what is their name again? Uh, uh, liturgy. Yeah. Like liturgy is the Brooklyn band and Brooklyn, like New York hipster metal right now is really, um, it's really experimental. Like just the way that you would think about any New York art form, you know, throughout the ages. So like they do, it seems like on this album on artwork, they, uh, they were really experimenting with how much they could get away with while still maintaining their style and sound but also being able to like transcend that somehow, which was really cool having listened to the first few albums. But yeah, it's like, these are the bands that get hit with that hipster black metal vibe, but it's, it's fucking, it's cool for a reason. Like it's interesting it's too. Good. Cause it's, it's not, they're not 
angry per se and they're not trying to be evil like a lot of like right. norwegian metal bands are are trying to be yeah. they're just they're just playing with the genres it felt like yeah. well what's interesting about the like the american interpretation of metal right now especially young metal like these bands are kind of young um is is the fact that like that's our culture is kind of like um what's the word like a more melancholy kind of interpretation of of things you know they're more like internal and introverted the way that like those bands i said before like mogwai or even radiohead or something is introverted so it's just like experimental this dark place where you can have this like this like strange poetry you know what i mean it's not really about like like death or murdering or 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 um <laughs> like i don't know satanism or what anything you have in most other genres of metal music this is kind of its own little niche like suburban um basement sleepover kind of metal and it's interesting because it's it goes to a lot of very dark places that are really interesting do you think that's going to be like a trend that continues with like millennial music to use that term yeah absolutely absolutely because it's, it's it's like it's I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's one of the things I thought. And plus like, it, like you said, they're, 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 they're a New York band, correct? Yeah. yeah. Like them being a New York band does not surprise me in the slightest because you have like the most mixed place of all time, which is New York city in general. Right. And right. then, you, then you have like the with. mixing of genres. I mean, like I said, I do think that there was a bit of video game music thrown in. There's hip hop. There's a lot of black yeah, metal. Yeah. There's animal collective. <laughs> Like there's, See, it's all yeah, kinds that of was shit. One thing I couldn't hear. What's that? I said that was one thing I didn't really, I couldn't really hear, and I wanted to hear you talk more about it. Um, the first because I like I didn't really, yeah. The first track starts off sort of like RPG, <laughs> like an old, like, like an old school, yeah, like like that, like it does, like it's not just me like liking video game music. I feel like I do feel like that's that was what they wanted. I mean, that's yeah, post. It's post SNES generation of of uh, video gamer. You know what I mean? You're right. Like, there's that. You know, it's that epicness that we that we. That's probably the most consistent throughout metal in terms of what makes gives metal its sound. Aside from any other genre, is that epicness. You know, just the sweeping right. sentiment that you know how heavy it is. And there was know? something orchestral about that first track, especially, and then. Yeah. There was another part where it sounds literally like you're getting coins in Mario. <laughs> Am I wrong about that? I didn't hear that, but I only listened to it that's once. The, that's the only thing I think of. I actually re-listened to it to make sure I wasn't nuts, and I'm pretty sure. It's not all over the place. They're not like a chip tunes heavy metal band, but the, like... This is where we differ, is I would have heard uh, Sonic's Rings, not Mario's Coins. Yeah. yeah, Johnson probably too, actually. Yeah, I would say good Genesis. Fuck yeah, Johnson. Right <laughs> We're like the juggalos of the 16-bit universe. Oh man, I love it though, I love it. When I say, when I, say I play Genesis, like to, at this age, in, the, in, the, in a, the 30s, early 30s, people still look at me like, you only had a fucking Sega Genesis? <laughs> Dude. <laughs> oh, like, yo, no, I wish I had a Sega Genesis. We had both. <laughs> Saying, I feel I get that vibe. Mr. Moneybags over here having both systems. Jeez. <laughs> well, I had brothers that also had birthdays, so yeah. Um, there you go. No, it was good. That's why siblings were great, especially if you had shared interests. Yes. Yeah. 
video <laughs> games are one of those things you know pretty much everybody's into video games especially boys you know so yeah. um yeah. But yeah this going back to the music thing i i, I kind of feel like I, I i like talking about it um but like i feel like there's a certain level to which I can't get to as far as my music appreciation until I start like playing an instrument myself. And I like you guys saw me, I played drums like a little, very little in yeah. college, but like, I think that they're like, you have to like play music in order to really get to that higher level of understanding. When did, so let me ask you, what do you, uh, what do you, what is it that you listen for when you listen in, to the music that you like? Like, what is the part that you kind of like that defines where you start, you know? Uh, where I start, like to, when I pick up an album? Like, is, it the, is it the riffs or the vocals? Uh, I, the think, bass I think the drummer Ooh. thing in me, like I like the rhythm more than melody a lot of the time. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. for me, it's like, it could, it's a mixed bag, man. It's like, it's, it's like my musical taste is really all over the place. And like, I'm a huge music fan. But um, I don't know. I really don't know how to answer that question. Right. Well, that was, was kind of a convoluted question. Did you play so drums, really... Andrew? I don't know were you playing drums in college. I did a little bit with Stefan, but that's the thing. Okay. Again, very, very little. Okay. Yeah. All right. <laughs> hmm. I, I actually just got got me some drumsticks today. Oh, really? Yeah, oh, man. at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. So yeah, me and Maddie are in Cleveland, and so we went to the. Uh, Hall of Fame, which is like two blocks behind my hotel. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. That's got awesome. To like, got to see some pretty cool stuff. Got some drumsticks. Got a magnet. Yeah, <laughs> got a book. Yeah, and a magnet. I have a fridge, and it doesn't have any magnets, so I need magnets. Because <laughs> I need to stick shit on my fridge. Need some decoration. Yeah. Very bare in my apartment. Hey, but but before we wrap like that part up, like, what was your guys' like favorite track off of that album? Um, mine was Quetzalcoatl, and not Same here, not because I'm Mexican, but that track it just stands out. Yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I agree with that. And there's a couple tracks near the end. I, I I don't recall the names, and I don't have it in front of me. But um, hold on, let me. It'll be. I found it. What about Give you, Maddie? One second. Do we want to play a little a little of that track? Uh, yeah, uh, we can a little bit, but I wonder about the sound quality. Uh, I generally overall I like the entire album. Um. But I like Father Bison, Verizon, or whatever Bison, or whatever the yeah. name of that one is. I really like that one. I like the one that you guys like as well. Vitriol was is really good too. Yeah, I think that one really sticks good out. Too, it's very distinct. That's when I was saying all that shit about like the hip hop experimental. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because you know what he's doing vocally is so like it's so out of the ordinary for the type of music that they're used to playing, or used to yeah, like people used to hear be used to hearing. Um, but it like it stuck with me that that shit. When I was uh, reading about the the album, they were like, "There's all this comparison to like how it was like trying to be like a, a rap metal album." And like immediately, I was like, "What? Come on! Like, are you thinking?" Because like, immediately, like Limp Biscuit like pops in my head, and I was like, "For real?" Yeah, that's <laughs> completely different. So like, yeah, and like, so I went and listened to it, and I was like, when when he like delivered his flow or whatever, I was like, it sounded more spoken word to me, but yeah, sped up. Yeah. But it doesn't really have like to me, it didn't have a flow. Like when I listen to rap or hip hop, there's definitely like a well for good artists, there's a flow. I feel like you like nod your head to it. Yeah, I think from my perspective, 
uh, he's fucking rapping on that yeah. track. But it's new. It's different, dude, and it's yeah. weird. It's it's so strange. I mean, and yeah. this is not to not to prove Maddie's point, uh, prove against his point or anything like that. But just like you know, the way that people hear this different type of music and the way that they interpret it, like it's really cool. Especially being from New York, which is a huge hip hop city. Like anybody could say all day long that that's not what they think you know or whatever but it's it's it seems apparent to me that the influences are there whether it's subconscious or not yeah um, the, the more i listen but, to it the more i get like you can definitely i probably listen to it like poetic. five or six seven times now and i can definitely hear like there i can definitely hear like the flow in it and it is very weird and that's kind of why i made the comparison that it, it kind of reminds me of animal collective because they do that same yeah. kind of thing in their music where it's this weird kind of weird hip hop almost. Well, you know, yeah. like battles, battles did the same kind of thing. Yeah. And so did, uh, what was that? Uh, fuck was that band? I don't know, but battles is a good example. Cause they did that kind of same thing. Bjork did it on later albums. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. It's very apparent. And that what's cool about that, that section of the album or when you start to hear those kind of rap things, or I'm not saying it's rap. I'm just saying it sounds like it's rap. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think when you start to hear those things, it like it sticks with you in the way that those kind of songs do. I found yeah. it like I wasn't like. I, it was it wasn't like I was like completely like absorbed in it. But I when I was listening to it, I just because I don't listen to it that much. I felt like it was just so interesting. Yeah. To see all these crazy yeah. elements like put together into one right. thing. I would have never thought of half of it yeah yeah more than it's very textural Mm -hmm. yeah i just liked that there was so much going on and i i feel it was an album that would be good for maybe the first like maddie's music section because it's like you guys are either gonna love this or hate it because like it's like (laughs) across the board it's divided like either it's like the most genius thing ever or the dumbest thing ever recorded you know for me I, i I thought it was great. I'm not saying it's brilliant, but I definitely think it's a step in the direction. I'm really excited to see a fourth album from those guys. I think it's good. I I really got into the groove of it after a while. Uh, Some of that drumming is amazing on it. Yeah. Um, And some of the guitar work is great too. Like despite those guys are good though. Like their last two albums are fucking good too. You know, like they have, they have, they have like a niche sound. They kind of, these guys pioneered that kind of, um, We'll say new school metal. <laughs> the first album, Reannihilation, he like does a scream on it. Yeah. Like a lot of the guitar and drums is like very reminiscent of like the way this album sounds. And they even do some like weird shit on that record. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Work, but it, it, like you can definitely tell it's a progression. Like when I was listening to it, I all I could think was like, these are like millennial kids making metal. <laughs> That's one, yeah. of the, one of the things exactly. I can make, I could think of. No, exactly. And, and I felt like, I felt like is being angry done with <laughs> like, like millennials are not angry, bro. They're just fucking hanging out. <laughs> that's, yeah. that's what I was thinking. I, I, I feel like they've just, just got other things to talk about now than being angry about stuff. I, maybe they should be more angry. The world's not great, but you know, I, th- I don't well, know. I think it might I think be done. evident they don't see the things that we do we're in that we're in that transition period where we're starting to see the world in a heavier more gravitas kind of way because of our age you know and like where this music is coming from is still like really youthful so it's just like 
and it's not yeah it's not, exactly it's not quite as angry as it used to be it's more it's emotional but it's open yeah and it's like it's like open to the void you know like whatever comes in shall you know maybe it's or also that like it's got a little bit of that sun o thing right where it's well it's artful yeah it's like art artful type of metal and it's it's neither it's neither angry nor evil so it, it's weird for me as a guy that's listened to metal for a long time i feel like they're right is channeled it is new maddie's right what's that joey <laughs> so i feel like their, their anger is channeled into a different direction to something else you know maybe uh, so it's not just like it's not outward it's definitely not out outward. It's not outright. It's just I don't know, dude. It's 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 something. What? <laughs> I'm glad this is the response from my first music pick. Yeah, that was that was good. I, I was I wanted Please all I wanted to know was why, but yeah, that was that was a good one, man. <laughs> I was gonna check it out. I regret to say I, I forgot to do my homework. That's okay, bro. What's <laughs> what's gonna be the next one for us and the listeners, Maddie? Um, I don't know. I didn't really think of anything. I was kind of leaving the section up to maybe we could all just like, if we can all decide on something we want to talk about, or if anyone else is listening to anything. Um, I don't know, like, uh, Deftones just dropped a new album. Uh, yeah. I think it's pretty great. I'd like to talk about that with you guys. Cause I've, I think we all pretty much like the Deftones here. Yeah. Or there's at least a couple of tracks. You're like, yeah, those tracks are pretty good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I'd like to talk about it. Cause I don't know. I have a lot to say just about the Deftones and like, I think it'd be a good segment. So if you guys want to do that, that sounds fun. I uh, will it, always love the Deftones just for that track in the matrix one. Yeah. My own summer. Oh yeah, my yeah. God, dude. That's the fucking jam, bro. The first time you heard that song, it's like, wait, what? I was like, holy yeah. shit. And that, that's how it, that's how I was introduced to the Deftones yeah. was the matrix and that song. Yeah. And he's like, not only do you get this song that fucking blows your mind, but it comes out exactly at the same time and connected to the fucking Matrix, which like blew your mind. Exactly. You know I mean? And I'm just like, you know, everything since then and the music since then, that first like taste of it has been a really interesting ride. And I, I keep getting in arguments with people on fucking Facebook groups about the Deftones. <laughs> Yeah, but I, like I, I want to talk about it now, man. But uh, we, but we, we uh, might want to wait for like to do one album at a time. What do you oh, think? Yeah. Let's do that next time. It's kind of yeah. like all right. I agree. I just like there's a lot I want to say, and I get that like we're all like me and Stefan anyway. Who have I've been listening to it? I just bought it, and so I'm ready to like go. You know, but yeah, we're in our first circle jerk to the Deftones. <laughs> yeah. We'll post uh we'll post like the thing on the Facebook page too, like, hey, listen to this album. Yeah, yeah. That'll be cool. Yeah. Like uh I this section was kind of more meant to if you guys are listening to anything that I'm not hearing or Stefan or Joey or just like whatever you guys are listening to. Like I, I'm up like I started this so maybe we could all listen to different music, you know? Well it's like that book club idea but yeah. extended to albums, which I think mm -hmm. is dope. Yeah. So yeah, if a, anyone wants to suggest a game. I'm down for it, man. Cause you you would like give me some shit I wouldn't normally listen to. Like I would have never yeah. picked up this liturgy shit if it wasn't yeah. for you. So, same here. And I was really like, I was like, wow, this is really interesting. I, Andrew, here's something we can do with the podcast. We close it out after we're all, we're all done. As soon as you cut, uh, we play one of the songs. It's a good idea. Maddie, can you? very legally send me the the album 
<laughs> so I can uh, use those tracks? Uh, I can't because what I album? buy music. <laughs> uh, arc work. Oh, um, we could track it down. Yeah. All right, Le cool. You know, apparently it's totally legal to play tracks on a podcast. Really? Yeah, because, I mean, nobody's paying for this. It's yeah, nobody's free. paying for it, so mm. we're all good on that. Plus, we're not playing a full song. Yeah. I can and, try and uh, grab it for all right, cool. In a very legal fashion, uh, Stefan Santa Cruz. No, yeah, I already got it. <laughs> well, that was that's fast. Legal shit that's happening. <laughs> All right. Any any closing remarks on Maddie's music? The first ever section from for this. Um, I I'm just glad you guys dug it. I was kind of like I was hoping that people would. It was cool, you know, like but. the best. Sorry, Maddie, not to cut you. I'm sorry to cut you off, but um, the best part I think about it was all three of us were listening to it at the same time and talking about it on Messenger. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like that was kind of cool having the running commentary of with, you know, while we were listening to it because it's like, I don't know, it was just fun. Yeah. That I just wanted to add something to the podcast and just. You know, just try something different. I don't listen to a lot of podcasts and uh, any music ones I do happen to listen to, they don't really like talk about the album or like they're like, it's usually like two dudes just being like, yeah, it was pretty good. All right. On to the next album that was released this week or whatever. And it's like, right. I don't know, just see what like four or five of us thought of a record. I thought would be pretty fun. And, you know, it's, it would be something there's different. So, something there's so much with 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 services like spotify and shit like there's so much music to listen to and there's a lot of really good music right now in all yeah. different genres and uh i mean i think it all this it deserves to be talked about because like the more you can spread the music that you like the more um the more you get out of those bands and shit i feel ultimately yeah for sure and to do something a bit challenging because listening to to a band right. like liturgy is I mean, if you've never listened to that kind of stuff before, not even like, let's, you know, if you listen to a lot it's of metal before, if you haven't listened to something like that kind of metal before, then it is kind of a challenging listen. But I think it's, it's good to do that from time to time, you know? Yeah. Kind of um, expand your palate or something. Well, I think that went well. Moving right along into Johnson's Travels. Oh, shit. Johnson, get ready, son. <laughs> Put your pants back on. Um, <laughs> hey, how did you know? So, so, so Johnson's been to over thirty countries, and we wanted to add this section as well. <laughs> we, this might not be a every episode, but we, we're going to do this from time to time. I think. Um, before I start asking, um, I open it up to uh, to you guys. What do you want to ask him about the countries he's been to, or why he's traveled, or culture shock, or? Uh, Something like that. Yeah. You guys go ahead if you have anything. Matt, can yeah. you name all the countries you've been to in alphabetical order? Go. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> i got to <laughs> consult with my keychains. I don't know where they are now, though. You should have been ready for this, Matt. <laughs> I know. I, know. I didn't do any of the homework. So, so, wait, where are you uh, now? I'm in Latvia, Riga. It's in Northern Europe. Why Latvia? Why Latvia? How'd you get to Latvia? Oh, uh, my lady friend, she works here. So we we moved here. So Matt, do you collect okay. keychains from every country? Is that Yes, every country I go to and very specific ones. They have to show the shape of the country and the flag and have the name. 
of the country. Oh, that's that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah. It's so like I got this big long keychain chain, basically. Nice. Yeah. There's over thirty of those. Uh yeah, something like that. Roughly, roughly thirty. Yeah. I think. Andrew, is the Superhouse podcast PG or are we rated R? We're straight up <laughs> NC seventeen up in this bitch. All right. I need an NC seventeen story <laughs> pronto. Uh-oh. From me? From you, yeah. You're this is your shit. Come on, bro. Uh, God, do you really want to know? <laughs> yeah. Our, yeah. Our listeners, all ten of our listeners want to know this shit. <laughs> If I was listening to this podcast right now and got to this point, I'd be like, oh shit, I hope he says something in C-17. Turn that volume up, baby. I mean, I've already like incriminated myself <laughs> quite a bit on this podcast. <laughs> I don't know if I want to go into that. Just do Come it. Come on, right. Johnson. Give me yeah. a hard PG-13 then. Who you been fucking? Well, I mean, <laughs> I just can leave him at this point. Do you fuck a... Uh, you have sex with a, a girl in every country? Is that a goal? You know, I have had sex with a girl from you? every continent, at least. Except Antarctica. I'm not fucking a penguin, but... <laughs> God. Oh, man. Hold up. Don't... Oh, my God, you man. might. Don't don't say you won't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah right. Get drunk enough. I'll be there. <laughs> he, never, Matty, he never said he wouldn't. Oh, man. Oh, shit, man. Um, okay, Johnson... The crazy yeah. thing. So what? I have a yeah. question. Just give a story. Give... Uh, what? What got you? What got you? Um, I don't travel much, but I'd like to. But I like being <laughs> sitting on my ass. <laughs> <laughs> so, like what? Like what is the? Like what gets you to all these different countries? I remember in Chicago, um, you kind of seemed like you didn't like being in the same place for. Yeah, two years. yeah. Well, you know, I grew up like an army brat, so I moved a lot and. I don't know. I feel like that pattern's continued, and I always wanted to travel. That was always my main number one thing since I was a kid. That's all I ever wanted to do. Uh, I guess yeah. it, it started pretty much like Andrew. Like I first, when I first left the country, it was like I went just teaching English. It was like, all right, I'm going to take a year off and do it. Who cares? So I did that. I did it for yeah. a year, a solid year of teaching. And then uh, I found out that I could do like part-time and have a visa. So I did that and got back into freelancing. And then I got to the point where I realized Korea didn't care. I could just hop back and forth and renew my visa. Like I didn't even have to be legally working there. So I kind of went the digital nomad route, which is what I do now. Actually my company that I work for, the main one is in Anaheim that James just mentioned. Um, yeah, so oh, in spirit, I'm in LA, I'm just not there. Um, explain digital nomad for the listener. Oh, it's pretty much, uh, basically people who work in, who work remotely, uh, abroad anywhere, like, uh, loads of people like live in Thailand or Vietnam, like dirt cheap and do tech work. Like I do app and web development. Uh, that's usually the usual thing is like you know yeah software development so basically like the as far as what i can gather my interpretation is that being a digital nomad is you make american dollars or european or euros or pounds or whatever then you go to another country that's way cheap let's say you live in malaysia yeah and then you just get money put into your account via paypal or whatever the fuck and then you 
use that and like live off the exchange rate. So you could even have like a part-time job that's all online and then live like a king in some like near third world country. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's essentially well, I what I do. Think of that at all. Pretty cheap. Like, I'm sorry. Yes. <laughs> Are you living like a king right now? Dude, you, we have a big, sweet apartment. We're like 10 minutes from the main city square. It's great. Like, what we pay entirely for this apartment, I pay less than what I paid for a room in LA with uh, with Andrew. Yeah. Wow. We have like That's... exposed brick. We have like big giant ceilings, big windows, two bedroom, big kitchen. It's great. Nice. Do, do you feel yeah. like, um, I don't know, like you, like you really like sightseeing or you like living in another country? You like talking to foreigners a lot? Well, you're the foreigner in that country, but yeah. you like yeah. talking to non-Americans a lot. You like it. I mean, to use kind of like a, I don't know if you'd call it a douchebag term, but like expanding your mind via travel, <laughs> like what exactly... No, absolutely. Is it, no, I, I love meeting people from all different perspectives and I love seeing different ways of life. Like that's what was great about Asia. Asia is so completely different. Like Europe, it's, you know, you, you kind of know what to expect. But uh, yeah, especially when you go to like a third world country, like uh, me and her, we were traveling it through Vietnam my second time earlier this in January and yeah, it's crazy. It's just like a whole different way of life. <laughs> How long have you worked with Digital Nomad? Ah, shit. Uh, this has been since like 2011, since I've been like hey. cool. Okay. Joey, I, do you, it's not a company. It's it's just like a kind of like a, I don't know if you call it slang, but it's just a term people give to people that live abroad on the cheap. Yeah, yeah. With a job that's all digital, all through the internet. Gotcha. Okay, okay. Yeah. But I do yeah. work for one, basically one company right now, and they basically direct deposit to my American account, and I can access my American account here everywhere. Dude, I've thought about, like, learning coding and starting to do stuff like that. Yeah, it's yeah. a <laughs> Like, just because I think that's a really cool idea. And well, to be honest with you, thing. like, travel was a huge, huge thing that – like pulled me towards doing film work anyway because uh, yeah. i thought i'd i like the travel aspect of going with if you know i haven't done it really a whole lot but like going with a production somewhere yeah totally man yeah like i feel like being on like a national geographic crew would be like ideal That's yeah for sure and by the way james is here yeah this is james from la i'm back on sorry hit traffic is got pretty late African only, you say. Yep. Hmm. Uh, as we, I got As we were talking about, like you know, living out there like a king, I just came on for that, and yeah, this uh, like past holiday break, a friend of mine, him and his girlfriend, stayed out there in like Southeast Asia for over two months. Oh yeah. And they said the biggest expense was just getting out there, and like once you're out there, everything's dirt cheap oh totally yeah james i did four months in southeast asia just traveling around yeah. did all four countries it was amazing yeah andrew yeah, you, you're talking about production you just got back from like a two-month uh, gig in singapore as well in yeah. which like he got a lot from that and just they flew him out here there even flew his girlfriend out for like basically a two-week vacation and then 
like yeah, it was. He said it was great. Wow. Andrew, yeah. you were talking about uh, trying to like travel in productions. I got a friend of mine that um, we were uh, in college together doing film, and now he's uh, he kind of works on these like real small crews, and basically goes and travels basically the whole world and shoots content. I don't know exactly what it is, but um, he's been with that same company and. He came to L.A. for a short amount. Of, I think he still sort of lives in L.A., has a place. Um, right. Yeah. But, like, basically travels the world and shoots. I don't know if they're, like, small, like, nature documentaries or whatever it is. But he's, like, always gone and always in some different country. I'm like, hey, man, let, let me come with you. But, yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's, he's doing that. It's pretty awesome. But that's I mean, awesome. that, that's basically what happened to me that last time I was in L.A., the minute I got on with this company that was like, you know, hey, it's totally remote. You can be anywhere. I was like, all right, I'm out later. <laughs> yeah. yeah Johnson was like, mission accomplished. See ya. Yeah. I went to Argentina right after that. And that was cool. That was interesting. Tell us about Argentina. What, like, why Argentina of all places? Well, I've never been to South America, so I really wanted to hit up that continent. I wanted to have that notch on the belt. I always had this thing about, I don't know what it, I don't know where that got implanted in my mind, but I always had this thing, like I wanted to see Argentina most of all. And out of South America. Yeah. I don't know why. Just something, something, I guess maybe I saw some travel documentary when I was young or little or something. I don't know. But um, yeah, I went there. Really cool. Great place. Beautiful women. Just amazing. They got just little tiny skinny bodies and just big giant booties man it's all that meat dude oh it's so good yeah. argentinian meat do uh, i get the yeah. nc-17 the asados <laughs> johnson uh, please tell us a sex story from argentina oh man you know what actually that was my slowest country believe it or not what's your best country uh well korea just because there was a whole big mix of people and tell was, us a sex story from korea oh, <laughs> oh, uh, i love this section johnson johnson you knew this was gonna happen <laughs> when you decided we need to talk more about travel and it was gonna be about you of course we're gonna ask uh, tell us about sightseeing bro come on you thought this was about sightseeing? I thought, yeah. I thought it was like, you know, countries and people I met and stuff like that. No, okay, no, I'm no. Just kidding, Johnson. Tell me about the architecture in Argentina. Just kidding. <laughs> Tell me sex stories. Sex story from Korea. Let's hear it. Uh, well, do you want to know why Argentina was so slow, though? Yes. Why is that? Okay, so, like, uh, I came to find there's, like, this phenomenon there. Like, and I found out from all the other expat guys and other Argentine guys I talked to, like, this is a thing. Like, in Argentina, like, you can go to a club, you can be dancing up on a girl and make out with her, like, Friday night, and it's, like, all good. Like, they're all about making out. That's totally fine. But then, like, you'll be texting all week, right? And it'd be like, yeah, we're going to meet up again, we're going to meet up again, blah, blah, blah. But then, like, by Wednesday, Thursday is when you get blackout. It's like radio silence. You got ghosted. They ghost you. Yeah, they ghost you. Right, right. So I came to find out that, like, second date is, like, a big deal there. It's, like, second date's, like, you're going to fuck. And, you know, if you fuck, it's basically like you're married. <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So there is that like a the cat like a Catholic kind of thing? Like, oh, we we already did the deed, so I guess, man. Yeah, they're just you know, I don't know. They're 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 more careful, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. That's interesting. So Korea, you have like crazier stories or what? Oh yeah, definitely, definitely. Because just like Korea is just like a big drunken mess of like (laughs) students and teachers and. Koreans and whoever. Mostly Korean girls, or uh, it feels to me that you were man. This is getting sleazy as hell. But you, were, <laughs> you, you got with a lot of uh, white girls, or what? Yeah, uh, mostly foreign girls. Uh, actually, a bunch of Canadians, actually, surprisingly. Really? Yeah, Canadians are, are DTF, man. They're the thing is, like, I can comment on this a little bit. I never lived in Korea, but mm. when you're an English teacher in Asia, and like I was in Japan everybody's like right out of college and they're on like a really long vacation. Yeah. Yeah. So all like the girls too, they're, they're having a good time. And of course the guys and like, like I was on, I was basically on a three year vacation when I was living in Japan and they have no reputation to really uphold there. So they can do anything. No. Yeah. Like the Japanese people are just fine that they're just glad that like, uh, uh, an American is there teaching English to their kids. Sure. Sure. So, you know, there, there's a thing like people always say about living in Japan, like you, you have like all the pluses of living in Japan and none of the minuses yeah. being a foreigner. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. You get all the good food. You can talk to some girls, but at the same time, you don't have to uh, do a thousand hours of uh, overtime that's not paid for. <laughs> totally. Yeah, yeah. Koreans are the same way. Yeah. Yeah. So, um I, yeah, I can feel you on that on, in Korea, man. Yeah, yeah. Shit was nuts. Uh, yeah, 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 but you're right. It's kind of like this this after college extended vacation. Uh, also, just like a bunch, you know, you meet girls from everywhere. You meet girls from like you know Australia or Ireland or you know exactly France, and it's like everybody's kind of like curious about each other. You know, it's kind of like- everybody drinks more than Americans too. Oh, definitely. Yeah, and Korea was... I feel a, like. Drunk yeah. mess. That entire country was just drunk people. <laughs> <laughs> so you that. have no stories about... You have no stories about these Canadian girls or anything? Uh, shit. Uh, <laughs> fuck, man. You want to know the night I went home with two girls? Oh, yes. shit. Yeah, we do. Yes. <laughs> okay. They went down on each other, and he jerked off. No, (laughs) he cried. Great story. Okay, so uh, I was at my favorite club in uh, Hongdae, which is like I told you about it before. It's just like city blocks of clubs and bars and whatever. A Hyundai? No, no, uh, Hongdae. I know, I know. I'm fucking with you. Okay. (laughs) Oh, good one, guys. So funny. So. So, so I'm in there. It's like late. It's like coming around five or six because you'd stay till sun up. Uh, I saw this girl at the bar. Uh, she kind of had like this indie kind of hot thing about her. So I was kind of like talking to her. I was drunk, so I'm just shameless at this point. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not Tiffany. So, so I'm just like totally blatantly hitting on her, and she's like keeps telling me I'm too young. She's like, you look way too young, man. Come on, come on. Because I think she was like 28. This is probably when I was like 24 or 25 or something. Uh, but uh, come to find out, like, 
she was like a Harvard grad. She was here visiting her friend. I mean, she was in Korea visiting her friend and uh, blah, blah, blah. Her friend was somewhere around dancing, making out with everybody. And so <laughs> finally I break her down, you know, we're, we're getting along and then we start making out, blah, blah, blah. And then her friend comes over and her friend's like, is total like wasty face. And her friend just like, comes over, she introduces us, and then her friend just like face plants me, starts making out with me. <laughs> and then like, so that girl is like, like, oh, wow, hey, yeah, real slick, making out with the friend. I was like, she kissed me, come on, whatever. Like, so then they're both leaving, and she grabs me, and it's like, so I get in the cab with these two girls. I'm in the middle, making out with one, go back to the other, go back to the other. The cab driver's pissed. He's not having <laughs> <laughs> but like he's just like he's not pissed he's jealous huh? fucking asshole he's just jealous johnson i know i know yeah totally totally so get up uh, get up to their place and i'm thinking like holy shit man this is gonna be a three-way this is gonna be awesome <laughs> <laughs> this is like, and it's like these girls are actually cute like uh one of them was like half persian or something she was really cute the other one uh, so we get up to her room and the one just passes out immediately. Like she's totally passed out just laying there. Uh, it was like a, you know, a studio apartment. So it was just like one big bed. And so her friend passes out and the other girl's still awake. And, you know, we do our thing right in front of the girl. God. <laughs> <laughs> Well, it was this normal sex, and then someone was passed out next to you. Right, yeah, basically, basically, so yeah. You promised me a threesome story, and I just got normal sex. I said I thought it was going to be. I said I, I was so, like, I, that, believe me, I was dis, I was more disappointed than you are now. Uh, okay. Right. You're, like, having sex with this girl back. and being disappointed at the same time. Yeah. 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 Matt, I'm living vicariously through your stories, so it's like, <laughs> So. You're not doing enough. Yeah, I know. I know. Oh, uh, I almost <laughs> had it. I almost had it, man. Almost. It was a good yeah, story. Yeah, the story, bro. Yeah. yeah. I need Very a better one for next time. Yeah. Maddie needs to be satiated. I mean, I, I will. Only in Cincinnati. I don't want to. I don't want to indict myself too much, but I will say, like. You know, getting a I the getting a lady of the night was on my bucket list, and it may or may not be checked. <laughs> that was a, definite, uh, we need like an after hours segment or something, man. That was in Thailand, Johnson. <laughs> no, that was, that's, yeah. now that was in Korea. Okay, no, it may or may not have been in Korea. Allegedly, I get it. <laughs> okay, can we keep that off the record? And Matt, you just tell me. I will. <laughs> I'm just going to say this is our best episode yet. Thank nice. you very much. <laughs> wow. That was good, Johnson. Yeah. Anything, any other closing remarks, closing questions? I, I need more of this segment. <laughs> <laughs> Maddie's like, fuck that music shit. <laughs> Joey, would 
Joey, would you take Maddie out for a drink? Oh, absolutely. No, I wish you guys had come there, man. If if I had you guys there, it'd be fucking unhinged. Like, dude, if we all went to Latvia to visit Johnson, we might not come back. Oh, dude, I mean, I'm talking like Korea. If we went to Korea, it would just oh, Korea, then we might not come back. Yeah, we'd all be arrested. <laughs> We all get married yeah, that week. Podcast, I told you guys, like I told in our in the Google Doc, that we should definitely do like a uh, super house travel. Like we all fucking pick a place. Yeah. You know, you know, maybe like a year or so ahead of time, and we try and make it work. We all I'm try down. to. Like, yeah. Hey, there. I'm totally down for that. And if uh, anybody wants to be in Japan around. in a month, yeah, travel. If around. anybody wants to be in Italy in November, let me know. I could do that. <laughs> yes, Johnson, I'll see you in Italy the the week of Thanksgiving. Sounds good. Done deal. <laughs> I'm gonna try and make that Italy trip with you, Andrew. It's you should, on, bro. It's on the list. I'm, I'm currently it. flying alone. Like I just don't give a fuck anymore about going places alone. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> if you wait, dude, if you wait on people, the shit's never gonna happen. Yeah. So. 100%. <laughs> I just oh, bought Andrew. my fucking ticket. Yeah, Andrew, and like when you're forced to like meet people, like you'll find crews to travel with. It's great. And I already got somebody that I sort of know, like a friend of a friend there. So I'm going to try to make that work. Okay, cool. Um, other than that, though, like, yeah, just fucking walking around Rome. It's going to be the shit. It's great. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Andrew. <laughs> yeah. You should hit up Eric B. If he's still over there, he'll probably join you guys. Eric no, B. I'm trying to I know you're listening to this. Yeah, let's can. let's all meet up in in Rome and have a good old Johnson time. I'm trying to get Eric B on. He has this really good story of uh, how he almost got kicked out of the country, and uh, he talked <laughs> out of it. Yeah, Which it's country? great, Eric. I, I don't know. I don't know. I forgot. Mm. But uh, he was trying to get back, so he flew on this like small plane because he's like, oh, I'll I'll hit this plane and then I'll hit this one and then I'll get out of the country. And he like was on this small ass plane. And he looked around, and he's like, oh, there's like 10 people on here. This is pretty nice. And then as they were landing, he went, oh, shit, there's only 10 people. They're going to check all our fucking passports. Oh. And he oh, was shit. like overdue. <laughs> oh. And I can't tell the story as well, but basically he he just told this tale of how he had married a Russian woman, and she like cheated on him and fucked him over. What? Just been on a bender for like months and months, not yeah. giving a shit about his life. And the guy just looks at him and is like, I understand. And like, let him go. Holy crap. And I was like, what the fuck? He told me this story. Yeah, yeah. I think it's pretty crazy. He stayed over on his Schengen uh, visa, which gives you 90 days. And I think he left out of, I think maybe he said Iceland or something. Maybe. I I forget. Like, he tells the story way better. But I liked, I messaged him just to let him know we were doing it, just to see if we could get him on for like, like I think it'd be fun for Matt and Eric to like do their like a do a travel segment because oh, yeah. they go over there right for now. Sure. So that should be hilarious. Yeah. 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 Dude, the legendary yeah, Eric man. B. Mm-hmm. How this guy does? Like I've never, honestly, I've never seen Eric B. Do anything besides just like kind of lean up against something yeah. and chill. He's done that in so many countries story- now, though. Yeah. Right, the stories he has to tell, and like the fucking, just the shit he gets into, man. Like that guy's a fucking. <laughs> if I, I can, I could probably relate to Eric B to a certain extent, and and again, I might be, I might be getting this wrong, but it feels like, like if you grow up in a real small town, and then you get the chance to travel abroad, it's like 
holy shit, I'm going to keep doing this, you know? I really actually appreciate that about you guys. Yeah. I was talking to Joey earlier, and, like, even though I'm not over in a country, like, I've been kind of just traveling around in the U.S. just, like, a little bit, but it's because you get a different experience. It's like if you stay in one place for too long, it's like you only know that life. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's not Europe or whatever. That's a totally different experience. I've been over there, and it's great. But it's just like sometimes funds don't allow you to, but that doesn't mean if you can like in a couple of years you get a job and you can relocate. Like, why aren't you doing that? Like relocate to like I'm in Cincinnati. It's not where I want to be, but it's a different experience. I'm meeting new people, having different connections. And that's what traveling is all about. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. with the funds you have. And Maddie, I find exactly. that I, I save money on so much shit, like not driving or having a car or having to be insurance maintenance all that yeah dude that's so much money it's ridiculous it's what i miss about chicago like yeah just the public transportation was like i don't know how the fuck i did it man like i was making like nine dollars an hour there but i guess it was just like not having a car and having to pay for gas and like you know dude my boss he makes two or three times more than i do he doesn't have a car he just takes the bus to work yeah That's really weird in L.A., but he's like he's from New York and he just doesn't care about cars. (laughs) I don't care about cars either. I don't want one. I know. It's such a waste of time. I often think about selling mine. Yeah. Yeah. Maddie, you went to Europe um, right after college, right? Yeah. Um, What was your experience like there? Um, It was awesome, man. I spent a month over there. Uh, we, We were in Breda, which is like basically amsterdam for the most part um <laughs> like that in netherlands yeah in the netherlands oh yeah um uh we started there and then just kind of worked our way through we went to like uh i was in i was in france uh spain uh we we were like i think we were in prague or something and it was like it was like a hundred plus degrees there and like our hostel was on like the 11th floor and we get up there to like check in and we're like, God, it's hot. And she's like, yeah, there's no air conditioning. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, and, uh, like we climbed to like 11 floors and like in Europe, they like all their, uh, their lights are on timers. So you're climbing these stairs and like the, it was like middle of the night and then the lights would shut off and you're like, where the fuck's the light switch? <laughs> so, like, like It's just like, so like the next day we Eric and I like literally just like we went down to like where you could use like the free internet and we like booked tickets to like Stockholm the next day. And that's weird like Johnson like and James was even saying it's once you get over there it's cheap like we booked yeah. t- plane tickets the night but like that day for the next day and it was like $100 for each of us which yeah compared to like what you'd have to pay to like for me to fly f- from Cincinnati to Chicago right now it's just like that's that's reasonable because this is a spur of the moment trip you know yeah. it's like i understand that you're not prepared for my trip to stockholm and it's going to cost a little more um but yeah we went to france we stayed there we were in versailles and then um paris and then we took a road trip a friend of eric's drove us to spain which is very nice. interesting mm-hmm. Um, and then we were, I was in Barcelona, Madrid and Sevilla. Yeah. Um, I fucking, I love Spain, man. It's great. Yeah. Uh, To be be a little more artsy. Uh, I got to see Guernica by Picasso and that's a fucking amazing painting, man. 
the oh. art books don't do it justice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And you, because like when you hear the stories of like Picasso and how he got kicked out of the country for it and stuff, you're like, wow, man, this painting's like, I understand the dimensions, but you're like, come on, it's a painting. And then you see it and you're like, yeah, I'd probably be pretty pissed off at this too. <laughs> right. Huge, and it's like, oh man, it just like towers over you. Um, but uh, yeah, man, Europe's great. I love to there. I hope to get back. I have a job now where I'm actually making some decent money. So probably next year there are some plans to. Uh, if Johnson's up to no good. I want to be up to no good too. <laughs> yeah, dude. Did I you have any culture shock when you went? Uh, it was that too, and I was just like ready for the experience because uh. I definitely like with Eric, Eric didn't go to art school or anything, but like taking those art history classes and stuff, uh, it was really fun to see a lot of stuff that we studied about. Like a lot of, you just, it's, it's kind of crazy how old a lot of that stuff is. Cause you're so used to America since you're, you've lived here and you've, there's just nothing that old here, you know? Exactly. Yeah. There's whole, there's whole towns built around like fucking huge ass castles. Yeah. You know, and it's just, right. or they're just like little coastal towns that have just like existed for forever, seems like forever. And these people just like their way of life is just so different, so laid back. I think in Spain it was crazy when you have like siesta and like fucking everything closes. Yeah. And uh, like we were trying to go to a McDonald's or something, and McDonald's was fucking closed. I was like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> it's like I'm hungry, but I, I mean, I love it. I love that that's their lifestyle, and they you know, can do whatever the fuck they want. And if they don't like it, then they'll fucking let the government know, man. And it's pretty nice. America needs to see us. Dude. Yeah, we do. Yeah. We, yeah. we work too hard, man. 3 p.m. Everyone takes a nap. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I agree. Super health decrees. It shall be done. <laughs> there's uh, there's H&M everywhere, man. Like, and oh, I know. There's none of them here, even. I mean, yeah. I think the thing is, I'm gonna like. I have to know another language. Sure. Yeah. No, I think like being in America, busting your ass, but knowing the language and the culture, yeah, makes it so much easier. But you know what's crazy? Like so many people that I met here, they work for international companies. Like mm -hmm. they speak English all the time. Like so many of these people speak English at work, like all day. And like like I was saying before, they're basically like trilingual already. Like they have to know Latvian, Russian, and then all the young ones, especially, know English. Yeah, like I, I, if I can do this, it would probably be to try to get to like like the UK or something through yeah, an agent. Sure, sure. At least that way, I could be based there and then travel. Mm. You know, take the time off, take the vacation time or whatever. But, that sounds awesome. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Uh, I'm just. You know, after six months when I'm able to apply for stuff, I'm just going to be like, let me see that European list. Let's see what we got going on. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, we'll see what happens. I mean, I at least next year I'd like to plan a trip over there. So, Where are you going? To, where do you want to go to first? I don't know. I'm just going to see where Johnson's at. <laughs> going to Riga. Yeah, I mean, either that. I mean, I've never been there. It's probably cool. Uh, uh, yeah, why not? Either that or see where Eric B is and then let Johnson know that that's where I'll be with Eric B. <laughs> Johnson can join us. And you should come else. to us on a on a Roman adventure this November. Man, I, I would love to, but I'm... I'll ride my bike to the thing. Yeah, I'm planning to come to L.A. to see, like, you guys in September, so... Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'd like to do that just to, like, kind of see, like, you know, people like James. Um, oh, yeah. Me and Stefan kind of have something going where it'll probably be a road trip most likely. So, 
That'll be sweet, dude. That's why 2017 is the Super House trip. Yeah. yeah. Any idea, idea. Joey? Where are you thinking? Uh, you know, I mean, I guess since you're in Latvia, like Erica, Eric, Erica, Eric is, um, you know, somewhere in Europe, we could definitely just hit that up and we could just hit up a couple of different countries. You know, yeah. we all, we all like try to do like something around two weeks or something, week and a half, two weeks. Um, and we just kind of run around and see countries and see people. And, you know, you and Eric can kind of give us kind of be more of our tour guides yeah, yeah. If you wanna, if you wanna do it on the cheap, Eastern Europe's definitely the place now. I would say start in Prague because that was a beautiful city. Yeah, everybody says that. I'm down to do that with you guys, like for sure. Like you know, if that's what if you and like Eric are cool with that, like totally. You know, just see like countries like I wouldn't normally think of, like Prague. Or something. Yeah, yeah. come and visit. Totally. Uh, you know, totally down with that. Run around, run around Europe, like I, you know, I, I got to go to uh italy and we landed in rome and ended in paris like when i was like 13 yeah. and we did it with like you know like a two and a half weeks trip but you know it was uh it was awesome yeah so i think it'd be great for us to to all try to figure something out like maybe next summer next uh next autumn um try and maybe make that happen totally 100 i want to go to the places where yeah. i can get in the most trouble <laughs> <laughs> That'd be anywhere. Come to Denver. Uh, Come to Denver. <laughs> All right. Denver. Denver. You want trouble? I'll give you trouble. Smoke some weed, brah. <laughs> oh, you have no idea, Bush. <laughs> hey, I live in California and I got a weed card, so I have an idea. Here, I'm going to tell you LA was fun. LA is cool. But the most reliable person I could get weed from was a Haitian guy on Venice Beach. <laughs> yeah, but you don't live here and you don't have the card. No, I'm saying it was like... Right, I don't have the card. By the way, any Japanese people listening to this and you understand English, weed's, weed's legal in California, marijuana, if you have the card. No, but it's still so stigmatized over Totally there. is. That's why I'm doing the little disclaimer. Yeah, that's why... Yeah. You're, you're like here like it's so different like i'm just saying to maddie like you want to get in some trouble just fucking you were saying in japan Andrew? uh yeah because in japan they i could get real deep into this but basically they had they don't know the difference in, between the drugs they they think weed is the same as cocaine and heroin okay mm-hmm. is, is there really a bit there's not really much of a i guess a drug problem in japan Here's the thing. We never had, or we, they never had a drug revolution of the 60s. Yeah, okay. Because they are an island nation. So uh, I think, yeah, it just never was a thing. Like, they, they liked the same music, especially at the time. Like, they liked the Beatles and shit and all that 70s shit. But they never had, like, the drug revolution that we had. And, of course, like, if you told, I would never tell a Japanese person that I've smoked weed before. Hey, Andrew. Yeah. Can yeah. I ask you a question? Uh, did you did you ever did you ever do any drugs in Japan? Uh, I I actually <laughs> I smoked weed twice. Mm. That was the three really? times I was there, and it was it's way overpriced and it's way yeah. weak. Yeah. Uh, Where did it? I got it from, from a friend, and we we I remember it was Halloween. 
do you, do you do you know whereabouts like in the region like it came from like how did how did that weed get there do you know, you know what it, it probably came from like the yakuza like literally uh yeah. I, and you know what a lot of the african ah. dudes too the african dudes there they smuggle that shit in yeah Andrew, we had oh my god I bet it's so like the, the country kept a tight lid on it but there were definitely people getting it through but it was overpriced and weak and yeah that's interesting andrew that the, the drugs really just never uh caught on in like somewhere like japan it just never made really yeah they i mean they the japanese are so healthy too like even yeah. to this day like like what are the statistics are like like over like 60 percent of americans are on some prescription drug yeah and then like a good 45 percent are on two prescription drugs wow. i don't know the numbers for japan but i would i wager right now that it is way way lower oh 100 yeah it's weird like what about what about in, psychedelics uh, in japan that they again didn't it never caught on and so they're sort of uh uh they see it as i guess they've seen it on like american tv or american news where it's been it's this horrible thing and so they only see it as that necessarily it's, it's weird like if they see an american doing it in america they won't think too much of it they're like oh that's america uh-huh. but if it's like a japanese person doing it in japan they'll like oh you're ruining your life yeah, Andrew, wouldn't you agree in those cultures, like, they would be, you would be shamed if you told people you use drugs, like, you were... Yeah, you'd be, you'd be, I mean, yeah, you, you wouldn't talk about it. However, dude, this is one of my favorite stories from Japan. I had this, like, uh, it was like an older Japanese dude who was the principal of the middle school that I taught at. I was a middle, I taught English at middle schools in Japan, public middle schools. And he, he spoke some English because he was a he, when in his heyday in college, I guess he was a judo champion, oh. like regional judo champ. And he, ta- he he toured around to Australia, mainly, he said. And he comes up to me in his English and he, I swear to God, he sounded like Splinter, dude. He was like, have you ever <laughs> smoked marijuana? <laughs> and then I said, no, no, of course not. And then, and then he, he said, well, I've done cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, I was wide eyed. I was like, oh, really? (laughs) What was that like? I mean, yeah, seriously. (laughs) He had, he had done cocaine in, uh, in Australia on one of his judo tours. (laughs) And, uh, he he said, he he, he just goes like that. (laughs) <laughs> and like kind of walked off <laughs> but man that was that shit was hilarious <laughs> i was not expecting some shit like that <laughs> dude that's that's one of my that's one of my best stories i think from japan <laughs> We were in the middle of fucking the faculty room too, dude. <laughs> but uh, we, uh, but but you know, we were speaking English, so it didn't really matter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, shit was funny. But yeah, they don't they don't do they don't do a whole lot of drugs. There's not a lot of prescription drugs. They live healthy and not in a healthy lifestyle in the way that. Um, 
LA people try to live in. Like it's, there's just something naturally healthy about a lot of the Japanese, uh, cuisines, a lot of like one of the person said it best. Like there's, there's meat in every fucking meal you have. Vegetarianism is not really a thing in Japan. I was saying that, (laughs) but, but it's not the star of the show. Yeah. Okay. It's just, it's just (laughs) a part it's like a side singer. It's it's not lead vocals. Yeah, you know, <laughs> that's that's what meat is in Japanese cuisine. Right. The star the star of the show is the rice. The rice. <laughs> and then maybe the veggies, and that's and that's how that's like the order of importance. Yeah, it sounds awesome. It sounds they you know they they as an island that opened up hundreds of years ago, a secluded island has still sort of kept that mystique, you know? Oh, yeah, for sure. They're very, they're very like, cautious of what they let into their country, you know? Yeah, that's that's definitely there, man. They In their history, they have what's called the uh, period of national isolationism, which was a good 200 to 250 years where they did not allow any foreigners in except for two trade ships a year, one from China and one from Holland. Mm-hmm. And... They even built an island. I don't know how they did it, but it was called Dejima. And that was where the foreigners would set foot. So even then, they didn't really set foot on actual Japan. Okay. And that, and then there was something, there was a guy named, dude, literally his name was Commodore Matthew Perry. <laughs> right. <laughs> Came knocking down with bigger guns around the 1850s with bigger Man. cannons and was like, hey, Japan. We're tired of you being isolated. Open your fucking doors. <laughs> and then they fucking open their doors. And then uh, that was it. Yeah. yeah Andrew, uh, Kyushu, I went to this. Uh, a friend took me to this. It was like a house of this guy. I forgot his name, but he was like one of the first Japanese that went out and met with him and like learned English and was kind of being like an ambassador. Do you, do you remember that guy? It's like something like, like something with an S. Showin or something? Uh no, but what did he do? Uh well, he was like one of the first to kind of meet up with that guy and kind of acted like an ambassador to when when the American came in and was like, "Yo, open the door." Uh, yeah, it's it's weird, dude. <laughs> dude, actually, there was a guy from America before, not before Matthew Perry came in. Uh, he was actually like shipwrecked and uh, and and like washed i think no wait he wasn't shipwrecked no some japanese people were shipwrecked on america and they thought they were native americans at first and then one this one dude got really into japanese culture via these two guys and then he took a trip with them i think is the story and went back to japan with them uh on that long ass boat ride back then and then uh like met with like samurai and shit of the day and like helped teach them English. And one of the samurai was actually really good at learning languages. And oh. um, at, at the time, because of the trade and the, the agreement with the national isolationism, the only Western language that the Japanese knew was Dutch. That's right. So they only fucking knew Dutch. And then they start learning <laughs> English from this dude. And then whenever Matthew Perry came along, these dudes <laughs> were able to do the trade agreements. I think that's it. Because yeah, 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 that's that cool. samurai motherfucker learned English. Yeah, he was a samurai, right. Yeah. And yeah. he later got killed, right? He later got beheaded. 
he might he might have but it's just some weird story and i think dude look this up but i think the real story is like this dude's real name was ronald mcdonald <laughs> dude that's awesome truth is stranger than fiction man this motherfucker's name was ronald mcdonald of, of course it was before the fucking franchise this is like 1840s or something but yeah yeah it, it, he it's so weird man it, but it, this is like real i want to see the photoshop now ronald of ronald mcdonald, McDonald as a samurai I want to see yeah, exactly. Make it happen. I need Ronald McDonald as a samurai right now. This part of Japanese history is so crazy, dude. Any of you You're telling me that a. Are you telling me that the guy from Friends and a fucking hamburger clown <laughs> liberated Japan? Dude, yes. that's why they're so weird to to, to this day. <laughs> <laughs> no, that shit's crazy, right? That shit's so crazy. Mm. <laughs> Um, but yeah, they learned English that way. And also like this Ronald McDonald guy kind of set the precedent for teaching English in Japan. Seriously, on, on, a, on a serious note there. So crazy, dude. But there's like, there's words in Japanese that um, like instead of like, we say cup, right? And so in America, they would, I mean, in, in, uh, in Japanese, they should say cup, but they say koppe. Because in they they learn kop from Dutch first, mm. so that it's called katakana. The katakana words, uh, uh, they are uh, usually of English origin most of the time, but sometimes sometimes they're of they're of or, uh, you know other origin. Like they say pan for bread, and that's uh, Portuguese or Spanish. Um, there's all kinds of shit like that, man. Also, their word for pants, right? It's kind of like Dutch, yeah? Zubon. Yeah, that's probably Dutch, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because they're like um, Hanzubon or something. Hanzubon. Yeah, Zubon. Zubon is pants, like jeans. All right. But if you say pantsu, that means uh, panties. Oh. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's all kinds of shit like that. I quickly Googled it. The Ronald McDonald is basically <laughs> Japan's first English tutor. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> first American oh. motherfucker is named Ronald McDonald. <laughs> yeah, what he's a fucking coincidence. He's Northwest and he's half Scottish, half Native American. Ah, uh, yeah, there was something like he was he, he was interested in them because of he was of mixed ancestry and he thought they were Native American at first or something. Yeah, so yeah. he went there, and then when he was caught, he uh, he lied and said he was shipwrecked. Uh huh. So yeah, they yeah, yeah. Brought him to the that Dutch port and let him stay there, and then he would start teaching English. Exactly. Yeah, that's so crazy. And then there were there were other missionaries that went to Japan. That uh, you know, it was a lot of missionaries. Most you know, some trade too. But one of the. Uh, I think the guy was British, but he commented on how hard the Japanese language was. And he said that, like, if God wanted us to to mission to these people, he would have made Japanese easier to learn. <laughs> like, he, there's some famous quote about that. <laughs> so, yeah. Sounds like some laziness to me. <laughs> it's just like it's some motherfucker that wasn't that had to learn some shit that wasn't European. Yeah, it's it's like uh, it's like everybody needs to learn American. 
Yeah, I mean, Japanese is quite difficult, but not yeah. impossible. There was there was another guy that there's been other people in history that, and of course today as well. But you know, people that were like quite good at learning it. So I don't want, I don't want learning a new language to be easy. I want it to be good. Andrew. Yeah. How how fluent are you at Japanese at this point, or throughout the the like the meat? Of your uh, I explain there? like this: if I if I'm watching like a romantic comedy in Japanese, I get almost all of it but if i if they put on like a sci-fi or like a political drama like if i watched house of cards in japanese i wouldn't know what the fuck is going on yeah um i could get there but i just haven't studied those words a whole lot yet plus i don't know the japanese political system that much i know it's based on the british system where they have parliament and shit but it's just i don't know it's what the fuck yeah but I can I can hold a conversation <laughs> and surprise people and all that shit, and I study it every day. So, um, I text in Japanese all the time too. But yeah. uh, it's definitely tough. But um, you have to really just like it. I asked this. And you're saying there's this test you're for fluency called the Japanese Language Proficiency, proficiency Exam, the JLPT, a uh, proficiency yeah. test. Yeah. And the highest level, basically, if you pass that, you can go to college in Japan. Hmm. And you can go to, you can work in a company or whatever. Like it's, it's, it's like the yeah. real deal. That's like, that's like those dudes in the fucking action movies who are like reinterpreting the Japanese guy. Yeah, yeah. He like went, <laughs> he worked his way into the fucking organization because he knows the language. But you said katakana is like derivative of more of an English or Western language base. Kata, okay, so katakana is a Japanese writing system, but yeah. it's it's yeah historically it was used for onomatopoeia only but oh. they also used it for uh what you call it um foreign words loan words uh-huh. so the portuguese were actually the first missionaries to go to japan so the first katakana words were probably portuguese that's a samurai movie right there yeah and I think even tempura is actually a Portuguese word. Yeah, it is. Because the, the idea of frying vegetables was not native to Japan at the time. And you're we're talking 1500s here. So there's been quite a bit of time since then. Oh, my God. Well, you know what? I take it back. Oh, I wanna, right? People are going to correct me maybe. But katakana is also used. It was originally used in the similar way that hiragana is used. Um, you got to know more about Japanese to really get a feel for this but when hiragana I there, is i always saw hiragana is like japanese what japanese people use to write their language out phonetically whereas kanji is used from china to write out their language with ideographs yeah andrew i always saw noticed uh when i was there that they always did advertisements with katakana is that true like... the thing is you gotta remember how foreign we seem to them and katakana reminds them of foreign shit. So to use katakana is actually cooler than using kanji for Japanese people. To speak English, to know English, to use English words, it would be like some dude walking in and saying a bunch of Latin or French words to us. (laughs) It's like, ah, this guy's educated. He's cool. Well, it's also like all the stores, the names are written in Roman letters, like Latin letters. A lot of them yeah, unless it's a Japanese traditional restaurant or something. But yeah, you're right. It looks more fun. 
Yeah, like family <laughs> mode. <laughs> yeah, kanji is just not as fun looking. Right. Even to them. <laughs> it's weird how <laughs> it's weird how different it is, man. Moving on to the uh, Superhouse Nerdery section. If you've been listening to this podcast for a while now, then um, this is probably the section you're most familiar with. So uh, let's take it away. What do you guys want to start off with? Rogue One. Rogue One. Rogue One. (laughs) Perfect. What do you guys think? Beautiful. It's beautiful. It's awesome. I think it's good. It's fucking great. I got got an impression of Forrest Whitaker when he's talking to that chick. He's like, (laughs) what do you mean? He's like, well, this is my favorite part of the trailer. He's like, what are you going to do? When, when the bad guys start becoming bad guys, are, are you going to be a good guy? Or are you going to be a bad guy? <laughs> that's <all>. <laughs> <laughs> that that's might be the best and worst Force Whitaker impression I've ever heard. I was going to keep doing that. I'm glad that that's mm-hmm. true. Watch Ghost He looks thinner, by the way. About. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know what you're talking about. <laughs> anyway, Donnie Yen. Donnie yes, Yen looks yeah. uh, It's great. He's in it. Basically, my two favorite shots were the ATATs on the uh, tropical planet because you know that just that fucks with your head because you always see them on Hoth, the frozen planet. Yeah, yeah. The lasers at you, they're like in backwards. Lasers right at your yeah. That and that very last shot of uh, her in what looks like the uh, Imperial Tie Fighter uniform, yeah, or something. Yeah. Oh my god. My favorite yeah. shot is uh, Ben Mendelsohn, the white cape, walking across. Oh, that, the that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Uh, I'm so excited because uh, I'm really hoping they play him off as like Thrawn from the heir to the uh, Empire trilogy. Like, just based on the imagery, it felt like exactly that. Yeah. And and that character, Thrawn, is basically just, he's not a. So in heir to the Empire, uh, we all know that the Emperor didn't like aliens. He was like racist, yeah. basically. Uh, so, um, in that series, the backup plan for the emperor is to have an alien take over the empire and it's played by this character Thrawn who's blue and has red eyes and he's not a Jedi. He's not Sith. He's just super fucking smart and knows what's going to happen. Like, he's just like, is like a battle tech to like, he just knows. And I'm really hoping that Ben Mendelsohn in this movie is that character. What's he from? And the whole time you're like, the whole time you're watching this movie, you're just like, I hate this guy because he's so damn smart. <laughs> what is he from, that actor? Uh, he was in Netflix series uh, Bloodline, which he's really great in. Uh, he re- he really came on the scene on the movie called um, Animal Kingdom. Okay. Yeah. It was a Australian film. Apparently, they're doing a, a series on some network. Yeah, I, I haven't heard of him at all. I didn't know who that was, but the, his presence on screen was like so profound. And then, and then oh, like what you're talking about with Thrawn, you know, like it felt like that same kind of thing. And I think they're alluding to a lot. They're, I, I feel like J.J. Abrams is the Joss Whedon of the Star Wars films where it's at right now because people are taking cues from the the things that he set up in terms of what he released and, and what we were allowed to see prior to the release of the movie. Yeah. Ben Mendelsohn is also from, he was in dark Knight rises. He's the guy when Bane puts his hand up to the back of his neck. Oh yeah. 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 Like, mm-hmm. Do you think your money uh, protects you or right. something like that? That's mm-hmm. him as well as if you saw killing. But those are, but those are such, those are such, 
What was he in Killing Me Softly? He was he was he was just more like the drug addict, like dirty piece of shit. Like dude, like that's that's like his character. Like he's kind of typecast, but he he does Hmm. such a great job. That'll be interesting. Yeah. Who's the the girl? I've seen her somewhere. In fucking that Stephen Hawking movie. Felicity Jones. Amazing dude. Yeah. He did that one um, movie with uh, <laughs> with the kid from Alpha Dog, and he uh, he was the uh, I don't remember his name. Anton Yelchin. Anton yeah. Yelchin. It was him and her, and it was just like this love story. And it also had uh, uh, Jennifer Lawrence in it, which was a really beautiful movie. She's from that. Yeah, which is British funny because I heard people draw comparisons to her character in this movie to Katniss Everdeen of The Hunger Games. Okay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, there's that, you know, I'm a rebel kind of fucking mm-hmm. sentiment that's there. And sure, actually, I-, I didn't I didn't catch that the first time I watched it or anything like that. But a friend mentioned that to me. And I was like, well, what are you talking about? Like, it's like he's putting Star Wars on par of Hunger Games. Fuck that. But, but, but when I watched it again the second time, I was like, okay, I could see what they're trying to do there. Because it's the same, like, Laura Croft thing. It's the same D- Daisy Ridley kind of Laura Croft Tomb Raider has risen kind of sure, world then, that we live in, you know what I mean? But then we haven't seen a lot of women characters do this. No, that's and what so, I'm saying. It's yeah, and then yeah, that's why I didn't do it the first time. Everybody everybody's gonna get upset on the internet and say, Oh, it's another Katniss, it's another this and that. And right. like, yeah, she, she's a female badass. I'm yeah, totally cool with that. But it, it's like in the background you can still tell that that character is like written by a dude. Okay, yeah. Hmm. I I hope like a woman would got involved. Let's I don't know, but um, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean it's Hollywood. I'm sure it was. So yeah, yeah. I oh, mean the also, thing is, is if a oh go ahead, Matt. Huh? You can go ahead, Matt. If you got something uh, to say. Oh, well, I was just gonna bring up. Uh, definitely needs to be Kyle. What's his name? Ty- Kyle Tarrant. What's Kyle Katarn. Katarn. Yeah. From the uh, Dark Forces. Dark Forces, right? Yeah, he's yeah. gotta be in it. Yeah, since the whole thing is about the plans to steal the uh, the Death Star plans. Yeah. Um, There's, it's it's going to be like very little amount of Jedi, correct? Oh yeah, yeah I hope so. That that'll be fun good. seeing this because like, yeah, it's a side story which is great to help kind of expand the universe and show all this other stuff going on. Like if it doesn't focus on Jedi at all and just once again just shows like regular regular people like dealing with this shit uh i think it's gonna be awesome and like yeah. with you know, the whole expanded that. universe as you're talking about with thrawn and stuff it's like even though that stuff's now been considered like not canon you know the filmmakers are still taking inspiration from that stuff which is so and great putting it into the film which is yeah fantastic i think one thing that uh in, in this this trailer like for me like the tone shift from the force awakens to this Boating atmosphere was pretty stark. Like I felt like when I was watching that, because you think about like the people who retrieved the Death Star plans, like it doesn't seem like things are going to turn out well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's, it's so like heavy, man. This is like mm. Citizen Kane Star Wars material. Yeah, it's, it's, Citizen it's, Kane. It's very bleak. Like that. There's like no hope in that trailer. Like. Right. We're, we're, you know, if someone ends up being the kid of someone else or whatever the fuck, I, it's like those people probably yeah. don't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. So and that's the thing. It's like if they, 
Yeah, they have uh, Mon Mothma in there, and the actress for her is, like, fucking fantastic. Looks exactly like her from the original trilogy. But it's, like, other than that, it's, like, the less that they, like... Uh, you know, Force Awakens had, you know, Han Solo, Luke, and Leia in there. But at the same time, this is just a complete side story. As long as they, like, don't, like, kind of shoehorn in a lot like the prequels did, uh, I feel like it'll help really, like, flesh out the universe and, like, put more out there. I feel like with the Rogue One, they're painting it like it's a war film. It's, like, historical. Yeah. It's, like, mm. Saving Private Ryan, you know? Like, that, the AT-AT fucking shooting right into your face in that trailer mm. is just like you asked for it you want to be in these battles you want to battle <laughs> yeah exactly you yeah, want to actually go there let's go there and that's where fucking yeah and uh, this man is defeated in this trailer he's like you know he's seen some shit force whitaker in the in this movie is what lawrence fishburne wished he could have been in predators <laughs> Preach it, brother. Preach it. <laughs> like we're talking about Star Wars here. There's a there's something here about. All right, so Rogue One is the story that we're not comfortable admitting to about our love for the Star Wars universe. It's like we have all this good shit where fucking stormtroopers are missing shots and shit, and it's just like the heroes are winning and getting the princess. But if we're talking about war and we're talking about fucking like galactic power and alien racism then we need to consider mm. that some horrible shit went down in a galaxy far far away <laughs> yeah i, want the, I, I, want I the, can't wait I want, the, I want the political uh you know world war ii version of uh star wars well that was the best part of episode two was like with thinking how manipulative everything was becoming and then episode yeah. three is just like Oh, nothing. Actually, these two people were in love, kind of, and they fucked once or twice, maybe. And you know, like, <laughs> and then by the end of it, here's Obi Wan versus Anakin. I, it's like, it's like, it's like George Lucas fucking like just like he had no idea where to go and just fucking dropped the mic before he could possibly say anything about anything. And now mm-hmm. we're getting to a place where people are so invested in Star Wars that. A story like Rogue One is like so far out of left field, but people still recognize those those things that draw them to that. Yeah, and now, that's now why I think there's like a serious voice coming through. Yeah, and that's mm-hmm. why I feel with the with the following two uh, Star Wars movies, if Rogue One's going to be a hit, and I feel like it will, um, we can have a Star Wars that doesn't have to look like the original trilogy. Right. The, right, still have all, right. At this point, as long as like, the, the, the the it's almost like the theme is there like and we get the world with this world we know and we've seen right. and it's like characters and it, it'll be a star wars movie and we'll love it the best thing they're doing is allowing these di- these like very different style or styled filmmakers to like have their voice within the world of star wars because every director out now that is making some kind of move has some uh tie to star wars and in their inspiration like all the big you know action sci-fi or whatever um and jj abrams kicking that all off and now you have ryan johnson who has a very distinct voice and then you have gareth edwards for rogue one who has a very distinct voice the best thing is like having these fans who are in the industry like actually tell these stories the way that they've always wanted to see them happen and that's like the best part about where we are 
with, and the fact that we're, Star Wars. And we're giving them carte blanche mm-hmm. to do that is great. They're they're able to get the yeah the uh, what they need to do that, and everybody's on board. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I mean, after like, and that's why I fucking give some. Res- that's why I give a lot of respect to the fucking prequels. Because because if anything, George Lucas took it to a place that nobody could possibly predict it would end up. And now we're left with all these like different like cultural confusions based on the characters and the motivations of those characters to get from point A to point B that we're willing to take anything. And the fact that The Force Awakens was good, that it was good enough as it had to be in order to appease Star Wars fans gives like that blank slate that that we need in order to tell, you know, for the fans to tell the stories that we've, we've always seen like shadows of the empire, dash Rendar, mm-hmm. fucking Kyle Katarn, you know, all that stuff will find its way into the films and TV shows. Eventually I feel like, because it's like, those are the strongest points that people have stuck on those star Wars stories for years. My general feeling when I watched the trailer was when I, before I watched it, I was like, how much can they get me? Like, really, can they get me again? Really? They did it. And, and then they did. <laughs> they did. Yeah. I was so surprised. Yeah, I think it looks great. Uh, I, def- I I love that it's a departure from, like, Force Awakens and, uh, like, the original trilogy and even, like, uh, the Lucas prequels and stuff. Uh, it just looks totally different. Like uh, James was saying with the AT-AT on Tropical Island. Like the, G- Gareth Edwards is just like, all right, I'll show you guys something. I'll show you what I can do. Yeah, exactly. I'll show you a cool ass Star Wars movie without lightsabers. And we're like, yeah, are you sure? Like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And then we're, I'm like, all right, cool, I'm in. Yeah. And we were talking last time, like, not everything needs to be dark and gritty, but I mean, I love, I love that this is gonna be that way. I think it's gonna. Yeah, be exactly. Yeah. yeah. This lends I itself mean, to that, though. Yeah. I mean, I think it's definitely like a film, like. I think we kind of like need that like grittiness that like Stefan was saying, like we need people to die. We need to see the causes mm. of this, like of the star Wars, you know, right. like how much does it take from a person to make a, uh, you know, a rebellion happen. And I think that'll be interesting because we're used to seeing just like Stefan said, people saving a princess or yeah. vice versa or something. And it's always kind of fun. And like, if I don't laugh through this entire movie or giggle at a cute droid, I'll be like, man, that's a fucking bleak ass Star Wars movie. That'll be cool. This needs to be the that. Saving Private Ryan of Star that's Wars. That's what I'm yeah. saying, man. It's like beaches of Omaha. That's the ATA. <laughs> yeah. at you. They're running. Yeah. In. They're running. So here's my whole thing: is like you see these ATATs and you take them out in the video game so easily, and it's like, what's the threat? You just gotta fucking knock their legs out. But now you're on like a fucking like mobile infantry perspective of what that is all about or what it's like and it fucking yeah well it's so intense in that shot it looks like they're fleeing from something and they're like oh shit just some atats i just ran into it's like what do you do when you're on running towards them yeah they're fucking going at it so who knows man it'll it'll definitely be a fun ride well, playing the yeah, Star yeah. Wars video game Battlefront, I know exactly what to do when I see it. Put it on speeder, cable, <laughs> wrap around. <laughs> but yeah, the original movies we always saw from the perspective of like the elite families, like who's like, absolutely. The, yeah, so now we're gonna see like the people in the dirt. Yeah. <laughs> 
Well, yeah. it's like fucking like the 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 original trilogy in Force Awakens and the prequels is all like, you know, it's King Arthur and and fucking Rogue One is like Chaucer or something. Yeah, <laughs> it's like fucking knights and fucking life sucks and we gotta fucking build a fire every night and I, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's like that. But that's where I want to be so many times because like if we're embracing that's the mythology of Star Wars. And as we get older, especially like these movies are starting to appeal more to the audience that they spoke the loudest to, but also leaving room for new audiences to come along. And it's like, it's the best time to be a Star Wars fan because they've, they've been mm. able to wipe that clean slate with the extended universe. Dude, one every year. I mean, this is nuts. We're oh, used to waiting like 30 years for this right. shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's unbelievable. And we, we're going to have like a great Christmas present every fucking December now. It's fucking great. About goddamn time, yeah. I'm saying. Why the fuck not? Why not? I know. No, I'm serious. I'm saying it's fucking great. I know. It's 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 like it's too good to fucking believe, but it fucking is true. But man, you know, the world is just a strange place now. Which is yeah. great. But with that we have we have these this thing to be tied to and as it evolves like we've seen like I feel like you know what? The prequels were were George Bush, George W. <laughs> And fucking The Force Awakens is like Obama, you know, like things feel different, whether you lie on any political spectrum, but things feel different. And we're in that period now, like where people are like not fucking around, like Star Wars means something to people. And the people that are in the industry now, like, are fans of this. Yeah, yeah. Force Awakens is the first fan made. Star Wars film. Like, I've heard so many yeah. criticisms to The Force Awakens, but, like, come on. Like, think about it. Would you? Dude, there's, like, hardcore Star Wars fans out there, too, that are like, Force Awakens was nice fan fiction, I guess. You, uh, dude, I'm a hardcore sorry. Star Wars fan, and I fucking love that sorry, movie. Fucking yeah, great. <laughs> like, 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 put it right next to the fucking Phantom Menace. Yeah. Like, no. Yeah. No, and I know. I know. Yeah. And that's where it is. It's like it lies on an intellectual level and it lies on like an emotional level that makes sense. Yeah, haters gonna hate. That I mean, that fan fiction was better than the original creators episode one through three. So these are the guys that are satisfied. And if if yeah, if you're building a legacy, like at a certain point, you gotta let go because that for me that was the whole. I'm honestly surprised Lucas let go. Like like going back to like the Force Awakens. I, I was, this is maybe another tangent, but like the movie plays it so safe being a greatest hits album. Like it, it wants to be like the, the original trilogy, like throughout the whole thing. And then the movie gets some serious balls and kills Han Solo, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, I think about it in such a weird way. It's like, we're well, playing that, it so it's safe. It's asking, and then we're going to fucking kill off your favorite character, motherfucker. We know we didn't have time with Ben Kenobi. They still killed him yeah. in the first yeah. one. But anyway, I understand. I, I've heard all the um, comparisons. And yeah, I do agree. And I still fucking love it. And I think the new characters are great. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. They're really so- strong. Obviously, that's, but, you, but, but but to what Andrew was saying is like you kind of have to go that level. Like they're taking it to the level that's like, if you want it, we're gonna give it to you. 
And we're like, we're allowed now to expand on, on different levels of these stories that we weren't allowed to before. It's the same thing that I was saying about Daredevil or uh, Deadpool, I mean, way back was, you know, it's like we live in a place now where Deadpool is the highest earning R-rated film in history. And it's like, I think about all the R-rated films I went to and I'm like, that's fucking bullshit. But apparently- I, I looked this up, actually, dude. It's not the highest adjusted for inflation, but it is the highest without adjustment. Right. Sure. Sure. Uh, Passion of the Christ is actually number one still. Oh, God. Right. So, <laughs> but that's how we go there. Yeah. That's a whole other deal. And also, like, <laughs> Exorcist is up there. And, like, there's a couple other films if you adjust for inflation. Really, but, uh, but really what I'm saying is, like, we, li- we live in an age now where, like, these kind of movies are, are taking, like, you know, like, they're taking, like, precedent in the entertainment. And, and I think uh, they're lending a lot of quality to the new Star Wars universe as it's, it's as much a sequel as it is a reboot, you know? That's why they do. Yeah, I viewed I viewed that like The Force Awakens. Like after I saw it, I was like, it was a greatest hits album. But at the same time, if you're a, if you're a producer on this and you want to reboot this thing, I could see them wanting to play it a little safe. Like let's well, let's give that first taste like the shit that they we fucking know everybody likes. Mm-hmm. We're gonna put a fucking lots of different shit that from the original trilogy right. into one fucking right. movie. Well, that's, and it's, I'm not going to change it a whole lot till the very end. And then, you know, it's like, we're going to play it safe, safe, safe. That first, that first time out. And it all works. <laughs> yeah. The force, it all works. Force Awakens, the force awakens is such like a naive, like a non-intent title. You know, it's like, it's the same thing. It's like, they're, it's like, it's a, focus testing for like what what's going to be the most important part of this film that people stick to that's going to drive this franchise you know it's like the same thing with batman versus superman where they're trying yeah. so much shit they're trying out just to see who grabs on the longest and the hardest just right that franchise needs to go and you know like it's like you have you have han solo being killed and you have you know all the old shit basically is like coming to mind but i think the strongest character in the force awakens is bb8 because he like he carries that entire you know like the gamut of what is safe what is interesting what is enticing what i want you know what i mean it's like it's still playing it very safe but then you have something like rogue one that like kind of counters that sentiment and it's like it's a good age to be kind of like confused about where that future is going yeah, like especially yeah. with Rogue One, you could see them like right right off the jump, their safe jump from Force Awakens. Now they're immediately getting into like yeah. something. I mean, it's it's Star Wars, so it's never it's never like really a, a crazy bet anyway. But uh, they're definitely like you know more experimental, or I don't know what you'd call it, but you know they're def- they're definitely not as conservative as they were with Force Awakens. Yeah. So it's like, and, and you know, and it follows the Marvel formula and they're owned by the same company. Yeah. So they have that same kind of perspective, which, which is really cool. I mean, it's like you, you're starting to get all these, uh, these Star Wars stories and the inspiration for all these Star Wars stories. And like, there's a, there's a potential to, for them to follow that Marvel formula. And it's like, not all those movies are great, but then you have Winter Soldier and then, 
um in the first avengers and you know what i mean like uh, ant-man you know like these like guardians yeah the, uh, yeah guardians like these different voices like participating in this huge overarching mythos you know what i mean <laughs> yeah exactly it's ridiculous it's it's so good yeah. Cool. So we can all agree Rogue One was fucking amazing. Here's the thing is like, <laughs> you run the risk with a Star Wars movie every year. Like you run the risk of of inviting a Chewbacca trilogy. You know, Why not? What what and that's <laughs> what's what the I'm saying? like that's what I'm saying. Like who who's who's best suited to make a Chewbacca trilogy? And what is that gonna be about? I don't know. That's all of us. <laughs> well, there is going to be like a Han Solo, like early years right. film. That's the yeah, next one. That's the one before yeah. episode nine. But yeah, because of the look of Rogue One, that makes me even more excited for episode eight. Because, you know, as you're saying, like episode, episode seven, the Kai had to play it a bit safe in order to bring people back. The ones that loved the original trilogy and didn't care for the prequels and showed like, all right, this is Star Wars. This is the greatest hits of the original. And now yep. with how Rogue One is turning out, I'm really excited even more for episode eight of what Ryan Johnson's gonna bring to that as well. How do you like, guys feel about Ryan Johnson? Oh, I think he's gonna do a great job. Yeah. I want to cut in real quick. Uh, we'll we'll continue that. Um, what 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 what's Chewie gonna do without Han? I didn't I didn't think of that until now. Like, <laughs> that's yeah, what, yeah, that's what I'm saying. He's gonna help out Ray. I'm making a prediction. It's gonna be a Netflix original series about <laughs> Baca in his formative years on Kashyyyk. It's gonna be a it's gonna be a, a fucking the smallville of the Star Wars universe. The first mm-hmm. one, that's where Chewbacca's character is really gonna take off. <laughs> and in 2029 somewhere around there <laughs> chewbacca is gonna have the the in cinema chewbacca trilogy awesome okay so <laughs> back to ryan johnson but you're gonna have like a main character that can't talk well no see it's <laughs> definitely gonna be uh ray and chewy together because technically chewbacca saved ray at the end of uh force awakens so yeah. it's like the same thing why he he hung around with Han is because Han saved his life and he owed him a life debt. So mm. now Ray owes him a life debt and has. And it it makes family. sense with her knowing how to fly the <laughs> Millennium Falcon and her being mm. sort of like a mix between hey. Luke and Han. Mm-hmm. Hey, I'm Does just gonna say, him? we don't know if Kylo Ren is gonna be all bad, and that's Han's kid. So life debt. No, that was up. the whole thing. He, the yes. whole point of Ray Force Awakens. The whole point of Force Awakens to was to establish that Kylo Ren stepped over the line. Mm-hmm. Chewie still loves him though. He remembers him as a baby boy. Is <laughs> <laughs> that there? But the only could have killed him. He could have killed him. Chewie knows how to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. There's that fan comic you know, out there. I think. I think it's like you know when the original trilogy came out. They had uh, the first movie, and they didn't know how it was going to do, and then it ended up being a huge hit. Um, and then, you know, Empire Strikes Back and Jedi, like, they kind of played it by ear, the way that people responded to those characters. You know, Luke, I Am Your mm-hmm. Father is 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 as profound if it mm-hmm. hadn't been mm-hmm. for, like, the the uh, the uproar that, that Star Wars caused in the first place. So with these new movies, like they are really setting up to tell a story that's like 
I don't know. <laughs> I mean, yeah, like I am your father is like the top like movie, right? Quote, top ten, top five movie quote in cinema history. Yep. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing that as a as a baby Maddie and being like, Are you "Fucking kidding me! <laughs> yeah. What?" Dude, I- I didn't see that until yeah. it was re-released in the theaters the in the '90s. Yeah. Hmm. I saw it in the theaters in the '90s. Remember the re-release? Yeah, yeah. that was my first time seeing Star Wars. Well, it was great because it was in the movies. It yeah. was in a the theater, and yes, baby. I remember. I remember yeah. seeing that scene, and I was like, "What the fuck?" Blew my fucking mind. That's <laughs> awesome that you and Maddie Andrew had a had that surprise. I don't think I had that. I think I sort of knew. Yeah. Yeah, same here. The the movies kind of came on TV and like they were on like HBO and they're kind of on throughout my life, but I never really sat down and watched them. And I think I sort of got spoiled on that, but like it's cool. Uh, No, it's yeah, it's it's weird too because when you when you're a kid, like like kid kid like related uh, like kid material doesn't really hit that note a lot of the time. Like like you never hear like in cartoons and shit that like somebody else is somebody else's father. And oh, the, the, the main character didn't know imagine, it. It's like that type of drama was new to me. I think at the time. Imagine yeah. if mm-hmm. the most if imagine if the most feared man in the galaxy was your father. Yeah. <laughs> and then you hear that, and you're just like, "Fuck!" Like, where does what does that make me? And when you're a kid, you're like, "I'm a he's a good guy, but his dad's a bad guy." Yeah, but what does that say? Like, it makes if that's where the 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 light and the dark side. We had this conversation about the light and the dark side um, the other day about like where, you know, like that's the whole thing. Like with these stories that like it points out that part in you where you're just like, like, where do I lie? And then I feel like the, when the new trill or the force awakens was coming out, they kind of did like light, di- light side or dark side. You know, it's just like, it starts to stir up those emotions about like, where do you lie on either side of like good or evil? Uh, my dad liked to do uh, – he would, like, show me, like, the first movie of a series, and I'd watch it. And I'd be like, oh, that was really good. He's like, you know there's a sequel. And I'd be like, no. <laughs> and then we'll watch that. And that's how Empire kind of happened. Like, we were watching Empire, and, like, it ended, and I was like, what? And my dad's like, there's another one. I was like, oh, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My dad had the three VHS and, like, yeah. yeah. That's like we would just go rent them. Like my dad wouldn't rent all three of them at the same time. It'd be like I'd have to wait like another day to rent the other one. I'm like, Dad, you're killing me. You're killing me. But you watch that shit like three or four times in a row probably. Oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. If anyone hasn't read them, I definitely recommend the new recent Marvel Star Wars comics. Um, By Jason Aaron? They've been fantastic. Like I've been, I just picked up like the main Star Wars one, but I've read the uh, two trades of the Darth Vader ones, and they're definitely yeah. Fantastic. I have those. I haven't read them yet. Yeah, they're really good, and they and it's you know right after the destruction of the first Death Star, so it deals with that time in between then and Empire, and it's really great. Oh, you're killing me! So much good shit out there. I want you and McGregor to come back as Obi Wan. Mm-hmm. And I want him protecting little baby Luke. <laughs> kind of crazy adventure on tattooing. There should be an Obi Wan. There should be an Obi Wan movie with you McGregor, directed by Werner Herzog. <laughs> That's fucking nuts. Tell me that wouldn't be the Jedi. best fucking Jedi movie ever made. 
and, and narrated by Herzog as well. No, not narrated, but like the whole concept of like you have you have Obi Wan who lives a very structured kind of life. He's he likes being a Jedi. He, he everything he is is a Jedi. He's Obi Wan is the ultimate Jedi. He was the one. Fucking Obi Wan is the fucking one. He took down Vader. You know what I mean? Like. He, he he was the ultimate Jedi, like the one to restore the balance. He was the balance. We see that in every movie. He's the one who who tells things on both sides. And then you have Werner Herzog, right? And Werner Herzog's all like he's all about the chaos of things. He doesn't see life in any structured kind of way. He just sees this. Chaos. You know what I mean? Like the when fucking 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 Anik Anik comes off that ba- that balcony and he's just like falling and free falling. That's the the definition of chaos. And then you have Obi-Wan fucking fly up in the speeder and he's just like, this is not the way we do things. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is that all about? That's the movie I want to see. Yeah. I want Zack Snyder to direct it. Instead of Gareth uh, Edwards, I want Garen, uh, Gareth Evans of The Raid to direct a Star Wars film. Since okay. we, in The Force Awakens, we had the Raid guys in there for that scene with the monsters. And I the hate it. I Solo. Hate but the I'll be honest, that scene, I was a little disappointed with it because that was the only time in the theater when I first saw hey. it. I was like, oh shit, that's the guys from The Raid. And my girlfriend saw me to shut the fuck up. <laughs> but I was like, James, I was there with you, dude. I saw yeah. him. Hey, I was like, hey. Uh, I was ready for them to like break some storm stormtroopers' necks and stuff, <laughs> just like break their knees backwards and stuff. So but like, it was, uh, is like, it's a fun people, scene, but not what I wanted from the raid guys. What I what I read was like somebody I forget who it was on set, but they were just like those guys from the raid are so amazing. What they do is so incredible, and what you see in our film is going to be cool too. And I read that at some point here, wherever. And then when I saw the film, I was like, those are the guys. And then for them just to have like a line of dialogue and one of them to get eaten, I was like, why? No, like, I don't know any of them actually got eaten, so they could well, be back for the next one. <laughs> no, look, watch it again. It's the one that Han throws into the into the dude's mouth. It's one of the guys. It's the guy right behind. Um, hey. Oh, wise. I'm just going to say, A.J. <laughs> Abrams was like, hey, I like your movie. You guys want to be in the new Star Wars right. movie? I've been like, fuck yeah. Well, yeah. That's what it is. I'm going to be by an alien? Yeah. Okay, cool. Let's do this. <laughs> but that's what it is. Yeah. I watched The Raid 2 again, and I was thinking to myself, I was like, these motherfuckers who came from Indonesia, came from fucking nowhere, and made the best martial arts movies since Ong Bak 1 and 2, fucking put these dudes in Star Wars. Like, I'm agreeing with Maddie. Like, yeah, you know, yeah. but it's like these guys came from absolutely nothing, and they're in the most, the most huge franchise uh, that American cinema has ever created, and that's yeah. what fucking George yeah. Lucas is. You know what I mean? Like that yeah. is where his his legacy. Yeah. I was uh, at a store the other week, and I'm, I have a Star Wars shirt, and some like little old Hispanic woman just saw my shirt, and like in Eng- like it didn't seem like she spoke a word of English, but she still yelled out, Star Wars! You're goddamn right, kid. <laughs> You're goddamn right. Star Wars, universal, baby. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing. It's like, if someone was like, hey, you want to be in a Star Wars movie because you made some cool-ass movies? Yeah, yeah. I do. I don't oh, care yeah. what I'm doing. Simon Pegg was in a costume the entire time. Mm-hmm. It's fucking yeah. Simon Pegg. Yeah. It's fucking... Uh, Daniel Craig, James yeah, yeah, fucking Daniel Bond. Yeah. It's in a Star yeah, Trek outfit. <laughs> Jimmy Smith's in episode 
two and three is the greatest achievement any Puerto Rican has ever made. <laughs> you said Jimmy Smith? Yeah. Awesome. yeah. Jimmy Smith, baby. He would have been that shit. And he got it he got animated into a cartoon in Clone Wars. Like, what does that say about Latino culture? Think about that shit. That's great. <laughs> They're coming up. By the way, did anybody hey, see that TIE Fighter animated short? I saw, uh, yeah, I definitely saw Negative. that. It's incredible. It's like some one guy's labor of love. It's like a 10-minute short. It's like the best anime, but it's Star Wars TIE Fighter. It's from the perspective of the TIE Fighter oh, yeah. pilots. Okay. I think that's seen we're gonna watch the Suicide Squad trailer. Is it out? It's yeah. It, it's right. out. Andrew has Andrew just hit the link. It's not on YouTube yet. I think it's gonna be like very. Soon. I think it's only on MTV. But do you guys want to watch that now? Yeah, gentlemen, ladies, what if Superman had decided to fly down, rip off the roof of the White House, grab the president right out of the Oval Office? Who would have stopped him? I want to build a team of some very bad people who I think can do some good. Y'all jokers must be crazy. I'm not just one of y'all many toys. What? the deal you disobey me you die try to escape you die you got a boyfriend you irritate or vex me i'm known to be quite vexing i'm just forewarning you you die they get caught we throw them under the bus what a ride let's play come on get some better dirt I love this guy. Uh-oh. Not good. Don't forget, we're the bad guys. Are you sweet talking me? All of that chit chat's gonna get you hurt. I was just trying to get you there. No hard feelings, right? We good. What you having? Beer. Whiskey. What am I, 12? How about you, hot stuff? Water. That's a good idea, honey. We're now coming back live right. from, not live, but we just watched the Suicide Squad trailer. What did you guys think? Uh, let's go down the line. Let's go down the line. All right. Um, I guess if we're going the line of the boxes, right, on Zencaster? Sure. Mm -hmm. All right. Um, yeah, it was good. I, I, um, it was fun, and I still don't know the plot exactly, but it's looking good as fuck. Like, I like the way it's shot, and... Um, oh, my God. Man, I've been so hurt from so hurt from Batman vs Superman. I just hope this is good. That's all Can I, I go gotta next? say. Go ahead, Stefan. 
Dude, this is like it had it. I don't. It had tinges of like Fight Club to me, in the way that they're seeing these characters. Um, I just like the use of music, what they showed, where they're taking these characters, the shot of them being in the bar and like doing shots and like Will Smith being a badass and like fucking like everything is unapologetic, unabashed. I feel like, I feel like, I hope like whatever they're doing with these reshoots for whatever that we've heard about after, after uh, Batman versus Superman, I hope it doesn't like mar the experience of what that trailer represented for these characters, man. It's just like everything in there, like every single one of those characters for um, the fucking RoboCop dude. I forgot what his name was. For him to be like, like telling them, like keeping them on a leash, you know, he's the one there to fucking make sure that they don't fuck up. His sole job is to kill one of them if they fuck up. And so you have all these characters running amok and then for them to have like such intimate little moments about their personalities and where they lie in this world. And us seeing Batman right at the fucking end of little shots and shit, it's like. And Jared Leto's Joker, like, please, thank you. Give me a Jared, or give me a. Yeah, me a yeah. Joker. Of course, the Joker <laughs> is the to, like. You know, like stealing. even when even in the Dark Knight, when Joker comes out, I felt like those lines were ran through forty different filters before they got on screen. And it feels like this Jared Leto Joker is just like, how about you give me a quite a few lines, and I'm gonna let you let you know what I think about that idea you know it's like it's a big city joker it's somebody who knows what's going on all i gotta say is it looked like, that shit he, looked pretty fucking he, good uh, mm-hmm. i i agree with jared leto was like because as it starts out you know they're all out of prison it's all the different villains but like joker's not there and so they all get i guess um they need to go on a mission and so they start to uh start part of the mission or maybe one of the missions and Joker pops out, and he's like coming out with his jacket, like he's the leader of some gang. And you know, he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from like the eighties or something. Like he pops out, and he's like got the jacket on. He's like, "What are you fuckers up to?" And they're like, "Well, we're still Joker," you know. And maybe he, maybe he like tags along or something, or they get in with him, and you know, uh, they start trouble or something. It, it looks pretty awesome, dude. I'm, I'm really excited yeah. for it. The trailer makes it look amazing. I'm I'm really I'm really down. I can't wait. Yeah. Johnson. Yeah, it looks great. Uh, I'm like you. I, I still don't know who the bad guy is. I'm really who curious. Cares? Everyone, uh, they're, all <laughs> <laughs> they're all bad guys. They're all bad guys. Johnson. Oh yeah, but Think you know it. whoever whoever they're this being assembled. The antagonist. This is a movie where no. the fucking superhero ideal shift paradigm, like. No, it's great. It's great. No, I'm just, I'm just curious what Bush. I'm curious what the overall plot's going to be. Well, Deadpool is the villain yeah, that we can embrace. You know what I mean? And then now we have this post-Deadpool fucking cinematic experience starting to begin. That we have these fucking fucked up characters that you know are yeah. ultimately relatable. Yeah. Here's my thing: that that opening line, the guy's talking about Superman. You think that's a clue to anything? Like Superman coming and ripping open the White House and taking yep, uh, dude, yeah. dude, actually, dude, you're you're actually hitting on something. I, I've read like there there are rumors flying around that Darkseid is going to take on, going to mind control Superman, and that'll yeah. be like a big plot point for the Justice League movies. That might be something, yeah. 
evil okay. Superman is a fucking great the first, idea. The first thing that Zack Snyder did was prove that Superman is capable of like unspeakable things and allowed him to do those. Yeah, so that's wait. I, I, I that's the most exciting thing for me seeing this trailer is yeah, seeing I thought too. seeing the yeah. DC seeing the DC universe really start to like spread DC out and to see all these characters. Adult. DC is trying to speak to an audience that isn't the Marvel audience. Yes, it's good to diversify. Um, it's like um, this is maybe a weird example, but it's like it's like how Nintendo does not compete with Sony right. and right. Microsoft. Even though they're they're so they're sold in the same exact stores, like it's it's not about competing directly; it's about expanding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, James, what do you think? I I enjoyed it. Like I think this was the best of the trailer so far, and I'm definitely hopeful for the movie as well. Like as you know from the past episodes, I just didn't care at all about Batman for Superman, especially because of Zack Snyder. But as you said, like this definitely seemed to be shot well and. I'm definitely more hopeful because of those reshoots. If once again, if we're still going with the tone of this trailer, I definitely like it. I'm definitely don't care as much about Jared Leto as you guys do. Like (laughs) it's still not quite the right Joker for me, but like uh, I'm, I'll definitely like see it to see how he is in there. But it's funny. Like for the first time, like Harley Quinn actually seems more like the Harley Quinn I know of in this. It's like the one shot of her just going, was it like oh no or uh oh like that one shot was like oh yeah that's totally harley right there it says so much about what you know about that character so then the flashes that we get of jared leto as joker are are suspect you know what i mean but i feel like in by Mm -hmm. by incorporating that love story between the two which i think that i've already alluded Mm to is um i feel like that's evident of something familiar between the I think we're gonna get we're gonna get a little uh, Alan Moore Joker in there as well as far as the Killing Joke Joker, where you get a little bit more of a background story on Joker. Like the whole point of the Dark Knight and the point of the Joker generally is that the point is that there he you don't know where the fuck he but comes I feel, from. I feel like but, but this one is not that Joker, and I think we're gonna see a backstory and we're gonna see a more fleshed out character, and maybe there might even be like one single shot where he half gives a shit about Harley Quinn. I'd like to see that kind of if they pull it what off they, right. What they're showing so far is a Joker that that is having fun. Like we've yet to see a Joker that has fun in what they do, which is a huge part of that Joker character. With Heath Ledger's Joker, it wasn't about the jokes or it wasn't about how much he was entertained about it. It was about the scheme that he was, he was hey, plotting. The anarchy. The anarchy. Like that's yeah. what he was that's all about. That's where the cleverness, the cleverness lied. But with this Joker, it seems more like it's 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 a Joker that is is powerful somehow. It's a Joker that like has some sway. He like knows how to like use it. Um, so it seems interesting to me between him and like Harley Quinn. I just feel like we'll we'll start to see more of uh, uh, more of the vibe that we saw in like the animated series or what people's preconceived notions of Harley Quinn are. But then that's going to change too because we're in. We're in where we are cinematically is is more adventurous, more progressive. Yeah, it seems like that this movie will definitely be the introduction of Harley Quinn to Joker. Yeah, there's there's shots of uh, of them having the psychiatric sessions, like they're going to go through all that. Nice. 
-hmm. Yeah, so there's going to be a little bit of Mad Love in there, the uh, callback to uh, the animated series a bit. I'm definitely excited about it. Um, you guys had mentioned the whole the in the trailer Superman possibly ripping off the the uh, top of the White House or the Capitol. Yeah. Uh, that, I feel like with Man of Steel, that that's the kind of vibe they gave Superman was. This is Superman. You know, you see all these like reviews and, and things. It was like this ain't your granddaddy. You into a villain. You know, it's not just the American way. This is like. What if Superman came in today's time after 9-11? It's like this guy could do anything, but he needs to prove himself as a good person um, to everyone. But, you know, there's going to be a lot of people who don't think he is. And things happen like with like, you know, you see like the Marvel Universe, like we're trying to save you from a big alien being. And yes, it just the city gets destroyed. But of course, you're looked at as the bad guys. That's a big problem with like the way they write Superman. It's like. A big part of the Superman mythos is the is the character arc of Metropolis. Right. The city itself has a character arc. Right. And they totally have missed that so far. Again, the story's still being written in the Snyder universe, but um like there's this great panel of that Jeff Johns wrote, I believe. Um I forget the name of it, but uh he's 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 walking around Metropolis and this is the beginning of the comic. And he bumps into some old lady because he's looking up in the sky. And he says, oh, I'm sorry, ma'am, you know, being Clark Kent, Clark Kent. I was just looking up in the sky. I didn't see you. And the girl or the woman, the old woman says, looking up in the sky, no one does that anymore. Okay. And then at the end, you know, it's kind of like that callback to look up in the sky. It's a bird. It's like that kind of thing. But that whole thing's supposed to call back to having hope, right? Like no one, it's the, 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 the arc of the city is is from no hope to having hope and maybe that's one of the things with like superman with the man of steel the Zack snyder versions are like for most of dc that i that i gather when i read it it never really um sort of resonates with things that are happening happening in our culture as a world um there's a few things but i feel like marvel does more of a better job of uh sort of like Hey, these things happen in our world, so we're going to make our Marvel comics sort of reflect that. Uh, now yeah, with- that's true. It's in New York instead of made-up cities. Yeah, with Man of Steel, that may have been Metropolis, but I feel like it was definitely in a world uh, based on the horror of something unknown. Because we've seen that, like again, with like nine eleven and terrorism. You know, they sort of looked at, at Superman more in that angle. You know, Goyer said that he was he was very much inspired by the day the Earth stood still, uh, that old uh, sci-fi movie. That, that, that the universe too, for sure. allows yeah, itself for that. more um, to be able to like divert itself more or be more inventive with their characters, in terms of the type of stories they're trying to tell. It's very smart that they're doing what they call the director level approach, whereas uh, Marvel does a producer level approach. So all the movies that we're going to see from DC are going to have a pretty different vibe, but um, everything from Marvel has kind of got the same like uh, tone for the most part. I, I would say definitely the same look. Yeah, look, very much. Maybe not necessarily the same tone, you know, just as far as like Galaxy and uh, Deadpool are concerned. Yeah. Oh well, we're talking about Disney Marvel here mainly. Yeah, but Fox okay. yeah, a whole other deal. Right, though, Joey, yeah, was like. 
you know, Winter Soldier versus Guardians versus Avengers, it's like those still have a bit of a different tone to them. But yeah, like they they have the same they, again. They have the same look, but the tone may be a little more serious or a little more fun, depending on yeah. where where you're going. But I think yeah. DC will vary even more wildly if they can if they can actually keep this going. Yeah, and I and I think that's I think that's maybe the direction they should take. Obviously, don't be Marvel. You know, do something on your own accord. But if, yeah. if that's what you want to do, is like the director's approach, I think that'd be really cool. I mean, but, Batman vs Superman might be like a big misstep, but they got this movie, Suicide Squad, and they got Wonder Woman that are totally different from Batman vs Superman. It's what it's looking like. So it's they're gonna hopefully make some good choices here soon. Right, yeah. and that's why if you're going to do the director's approach, he should be the, uh, you know, the the where, not necessarily be all end all, but what's the word I'm trying to think? Uh, I said this earlier. Um, the director should be the like, I don't know, it should be his vision. Well, I, is, I, I guess like, is what I'm yeah, 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 yeah. Where, where you know, yeah. Now get all the cooks out of the kitchen. It should be the director's vision, and you need to follow it because mm-hmm. once you once you stop following it. Like I feel like Batman and Superman did, it just kind of falls apart and gets Batman. Real well, Batman and Superman just did. Yeah. They did. They did a job. They just went in and did a job about telling all the stories, like getting a lot of things out of the way. The death of Superman, um, fucking Batman versus Superman, Doomsday being introduced, Lex Luthor's like opening up the entire universe to have things come in. Aquaman, Wonder Woman, like they just got everything out of the way and just like you know these characters here they are. Let's yeah. do it. You know what I mean. And now these next few movies, they can they can catch up. They basically Batman versus Superman was a way to catch up to the Marvel, the prowess of the pedigree that Marvel has set up at this point. But what we realize is that we don't need that pedigree necessarily. All you need to do is hit the fans right where they need to see it and ask those big questions. Batman killing, fucking Superman becoming a villain. You know, it's like they're pointing to that. Zack Snyder does not like Superman. He doesn't want anything to do with Superman. But his Batman was very emotionally realistic. And Ben Affleck came through, man. Mm. Like, his Batman was great for what he had to work with. Yeah, after all that hate. All that hate. And finally, he's one of the best parts of that movie. At that point where he could do that. And it's like, you know, now it's just like a, it's just, it's just like, (laughs) I don't know, Suicide Squad was so yeah. interesting. Like, you know, I was looking at like, I thought F like all the photos, especially that that big profile picture of him as Batman looked awesome. Oh yeah, yeah. Other than looking like a sad Batman, the very first photo. Yeah, yeah but like, you know what? You, like, <laughs> Batman is not supposed to be cheery and shit. Yeah. Like, like Batman what, is always like, yeah, my parents are dead, and fits Batman. And yeah. like I said, like I didn't. Yeah, Batman's I mean, a I, sad motherfucker, man. It's just how yeah, it is. <laughs> yeah, like, like I said, I didn't care for Batman vs Superman, so I didn't see it. But at the same time, it's like I'm still hopeful for these other films, as you say. It's more director apo- approach, so I'm definitely still looking forward to these other films and still want to. I'm still definitely rooting for them, even though like I'm a huge Marvel fan. I still want to see these films. I want to see good stories. Another, another big difference DC too films. is like with with Suicide Squad, you have something that Marvel has not even begun to do, which mm-hmm. is make a movie about just villains. 
Mm-hmm. This is yeah. totally new, man. And One to, to like, issues... we're gonna we're gonna fle- we're not gonna just like have villain characters in our in our universe. We're gonna flesh them out just like we flesh out our heroes. Yeah, and yeah. something of... something like that, and even to flesh out somebody as mysterious as the Joker. I mean, it's going to be like something um, fresh. At least it's going to yeah. be fresh. Yeah, I feel like one of the major like negative points to Marvel is when it comes to their villains, because most of the time in their films, they get killed off in that single film. Or, yeah. Uh, like their best one has been Kingpin. Their best has been uh, uh, Loki. What's his Loki and others that actually stay along and they are able to like humanize them in a similar way whereas like a lot of them you know e- like even the very first iron man Obadiah stain like he was a great villain but they just killed him at the very end or then like yeah. one uh, i've been hearing on like ring on the internet two of the ve- weakest villains in the marvel universe i've heard was um uh ronin from guardians of the galaxy he was just there as a big you know the evil person to be yeah. there he was like yeah. the weakest person of Guardians, and then also the uh, Thor two, the villain. I yeah, Malachi. both of those, both of those have an incredible look. Like I, I loved their costume and their makeup. Yeah, but their great look. But the then they just didn't Thor play 2, well. The villain in yeah. Thor two had more impact than Ultron did in the second Avengers movie. Do you can't like superhumans against saw robots? You just can't do it. It's not. It's not like a feasible thing. Although Ultron had Vision in it, and I will yeah. watch four hours of Vision, Vision having dude, discussions all you need with Vision people. Fucking I mean, just sitting there, just like reading the newspaper. That, that was, no, I fucking love Vision, dude. I don't know why. All right, I all I need to say they like, made look. He looks so the 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 colors that they put on him and and just the the effects. He he looks so good to a character you've seen in the comics who's not very visually striking. Right, right, right. They did a fucking bang up job. Are you talking about Vision? Yeah. yeah. No, yeah, Vision. Talking about Vision. The main draw. I I love that. Vision is the fucking the fucking liquid face from the abyss. I'm not alone in this, right? Like it's he's the fucking best part of that movie. Oh yeah. There's there's a shot of him in Civil War. uh, Like I saw this online where he's just sitting there playing chess in like a sweater vest. I'm like, that's the best fucking thing ever. Hell yeah, that shit's awesome. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, and like, uh, if I'm talking about Civil War, I heard there, uh, there was an early like screening for reviewers, and so far, like, people have been like, granted, it's the first screening, so people are going to be ecstatic about it, but so far, it's been like really good. I read that as well. Yeah, phenomenal first screenings. Yeah. What, what screening? Civil War. Civil, Civil War. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's guys, Marvel's just killing it, dude. Killing it. Yeah. They, guys, they, this is like the best Spider-Man uh, yet, and Black Panther is fucking amazing as well. You guys, oh, dude, I can't wait. And Doctor Strange, dude? Oh, uh, the shit. trailer drops Tuesday night, so probably Wednesday morning I'll see that, and we should definitely talk about that next week. Wait, what trailer? Doctor Strange. <laughs> oh, shit. I can't yeah. wait. Now, you guys had mentioned villains that get killed off in the Marvel movies. Um, yeah. Now, Red Skull is still alive in the Bifrost. Yeah, somewhere. technically, like since he's hanging Thor, out with Thor and his buddies somewhere. Most people yeah. who like, yeah, if people saw Thor and then saw Captain America, they know, oh, that's the same thing from the Bifrost. Like, yeah, most he's people hanging, like 
may have only seen like Avengers or Iron Man, so they don't even know too much about him. But there, with him, there is a chance they could always bring him back, which you know I'm definitely hopeful for, since Rick, that, that was the one that was ambiguous enough. Yeah, Red Skull was he, he's hanging out in the in the nine realms and uh, within the within the branches of Yggdrasil uh, somewhere. So mm-hmm. I can't wait to have him eventually come back. They do and, say uh, from those early reviews that. Uh, Baron Zemo is in Civil War, and they say he's actually really good in this. So as I, well, I need to see, I need to see him in a trailer. I hear yeah. he's in there, but yeah, like, I think it, that they're focusing on you know the fight between sure, you know, Cap sure. and Iron Man that they're yeah, hiding the fact that yeah. he's probably the one behind everything. So it'll definitely be interesting to see that in the film, like how they hid uh, the reveal of Hydra in Winter Soldier, or yeah. uh, the how. Uh, the Mandarin actually was in Iron Man 3, which I'm happy for, where they don't just spoil everything in the trailer. So I'm definitely like trying to, because people have seen it, I'm trying to stay away from a lot of that stuff since I want to see it somewhat fresh and not get spoiled too much. You're like I am, James, with uh, Dark Souls 3, dude. It's been out in Japan for about a month now, and like yeah. everybody's posting videos about it. I'm like, I don't yeah. want to see anything. Yeah. I, I haven't read a goddamn <laughs> thing about that game. I'm just going in. I just know it's like, yep, it's still connected like all the others. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see, run around some areas. Like, I fucking know that place. Uh, James, I wish you had, a, you had a PS4, man. We could be buddies and we could play it together. Uh, yeah, unfortunately, I just have a PC for right now. But now that I've had my first week over at Infinity Ward, I'd be like, oh, I'm actually going to get money now. <laughs> so maybe eventually <laughs> I'll get a PS4. Yeah. Let me know. Yeah, will do. Check out, you can check out Bloodborne. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm just going to say I, I enjoyed the uh, Suicide Squad trailer, but I'm not sold. Mm-hmm. What, are you, what are your uh, reservations, Maddie? I, I just think visually for me, it's not hitting like stuff that like it's not that I don't like. I don't know. It's just there's just something about it that just like kind of bugs me. And I will see it. DC is going to get my money. So they don't need to worry, but uh, <laughs> you know, I just I'm not sold by it. I'm kind of like Johnson on it. I, I need a little more info about what I like. I would like a little more of like Johnson was saying, like who's the villain? I know they're all villains, yeah. but the point who is they need fighting. they, they need fighting, these right. they need they're, these villains to take out someone who is I, a worse I, villain. There's some weird everybody, shot. I think which, everybody's confused uh, about what's going on. Joker's the villain, and he drives yeah. what drives those characters. No, because. Guys, here's what it is. It's it's Escape from New York. That's all it is. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're, they're all snake They're if government's you, the villain. That's if it. Joker surfs in this shit, I'm going to fucking love it. There's a <laughs> shot in the trailer, which uh, I think it's Katana, the one character with the face mask. She cuts yeah. some guy, some thing that looks like human, but it's like half its head is cut off. And oh yeah, like all these that. eyes or something all over it. So yeah, it's a that's villain. the thing. There's some enemy that can so like whatever that is. Yeah, there's some creature that can like create multiple enemies yeah. Yeah. that people fight. I guess similar to like Ultron or something. It's like I know tomorrow someone's gonna say, "Oh, it looks like this villain," and we'll it's know definitely thing. like yeah. what like the DC thing <laughs> that they're going after is. I think the edit with like there was an editing thing that was maybe a little weird. Like I think it should have started off like the last one, like start off right with ballroom blitz, yeah. 
mm-hmm. and just ca- have that song carry the whole trailer. Yeah. Um, and that would have made for like more energy, but it was like, by the time it got to the song, it was a little bit deflated. Mm-hmm. I yeah. felt like, yeah. and then, and then when that song kicked in, it was like, Oh, I'm back in the action. Yeah. Um, like the very beginning for me definitely showed like, Oh, once again, DC, Oh, we don't like a heroic Superman. We we're going to keep thinking this way about him. Like granted it is about, you know, uh, Amanda Waller and Cadmus who are always, you know, suspicious of the Superman and everyone else there. And my one weird thing was like how, I guess from the shots that had Batman in there, I guess it's, gonna be before batman versus superman or something because like he definitely seemed like a slimmer looking batman yeah what was that and didn't he have like a demon face or something i didn't i didn't notice his face but i just noticed like all the other shots he seemed like not like how big and bulky he was in batman versus superman i've thought about that like what if they did batman prequels in this universe without ben affleck but a younger dude Mm. and they could do like um I, I think that 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 robin that died was jason todd yeah i agree with you it has so that be, w- that yeah. would it would like to have like a like a prequel with yeah. those guys mm-hmm. that would be very interesting i think mm-hmm. yeah sure that would be a fucking great twist man like if you're watching this entire movie and then batman's like jason i'd lose my shit in the theater like <laughs> i need a second pair of pants <laughs> I've watched fucking an hour and so much of this movie. And just now I know this is fucking Jason Todd. Are you fu- give me, he, I want to see Jared Leto in a Robin costume. Now flashback. <laughs> like I want to see him doing some cool ass shit with Batman. Like, are you talking about that Batman fucking rumor that, that that guy's actually Jason Todd? Yeah. The rumor. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I wonder, man, that would be so crazy, but that would mean that Harley Quinn is in love with Jason Todd and not the actual Joker. The way well, it's looking, thing, anyway. Though, like we don't, we don't have a Joker, Joker right now. Joker now. Yeah, she falls in love with the Joker who who used to be Jason Todd. That would be fucking nuts. It really would. It'd be fucking hey, nuts. See your pants, Andrew. Yeah, I hear it. Maybe off his costume and spray painted. He was like, Joker was here. Fuck this. I'm out. Yeah, yeah. Like that would be great if it, it just like the, to to set it aside from Heath Ledger's Joker. They're just like fuck it. It'll be like Batman's partner, fuck everything else in the comics, and Batman created Joker through Jason Todd. That would blow my fucking mind, man. That would be cool, actually. Yeah, I'd like that. That would be Joker. cool. That'd be well, kind of a departure from the normal way they do it, but who yeah. gives a fuck? As long, look, it doesn't matter. As long as it's good, gritty or whatever, a gritty yeah. and dark, or a not what the comics are about, the fucking bottom line is, is it a good movie or not? Right. Yeah. Well, that, that's what that's why I have reservations. Like, I'm just, I'm there. Like, I get the excitement, but like, I, there's not enough of it where I'm like, I need to see this film. Like, it's not like me watching a Rogue One trailer. Like, watching this, I'm like, I don't know, I don't know, man. Batman versus Superman, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's just a bad taste in our mouth since since that movie. But watching the past two trailers of Suicide Squad and the posters that have been coming out, the marketing they've been doing for it. I feel like they are on the right path. They have the right like uh, theme in mind about what they want to do with it, and like having like Will Smith play like a second tier character, which he hasn't done ever. I feel um, except for maybe like Bagger Vance, 
Um, <laughs> he like, I feel like that they're on the right path with it, man, and I'm really excited for it. Yeah, uh, he was actually really likable in the in the uh, trailer too. I, yeah. I felt yeah. like, but once again, it comes back to the uh, knowing they're doing all those reshoots and stuff. So if they've already started incorporating some of that stuff into this trailer, because as they mentioned, the last trailer was like, oh, that's all the jokes in the trailer we had. But this still had like some fun moments between characters and things like that. So if they're definitely going in that direction, like as they kind of tried with the original trailers was more Guardians direction, I, I yeah, could definitely yeah. be. Like I said, like I'm definitely leaning towards like Maddie's thoughts of the film. It's like I'm hopeful for it, but it's like I'm still waiting to see and would would like to see it. And But like once again, just – yeah, I'm still, I'm still kind of like a little ap- apprehensive, but like definitely more hopeful than Batman vs Superman with this one. I feel like bottom line, it's gonna be fun at least. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it does look pretty fun, and I like that director Ayer. So yeah, I mean, it's definitely got a lot of things going for it. And dude, they went fucking nuts during the production of it. Like they got so into it, they got tattoos. That I feel yeah. like. It's kind of dumb but whatever <laughs> no look there's something really cool about being so crazy I, into was, your art also the stuff about jared leto sending people dead rats and stuff just like uh <laughs> i'm into that i'm into them i'm into them being very into it like like getting like crazy into their movie i, I like that idea yeah if they're you know all having fun together with it it's like yeah that's great and i'm totally down with that but it's just like some of the shit that I've heard about Carletto <laughs> doing on set. I'm just like, yeah, that's why I'm a little apprehensive about him as Joker. But like, I'll, I'll wait and see and like definitely give him at least a chance. I still think he's, yeah, okay. But it's like, yeah, I'm, I'll still wait and see how that is with him. Did they get rid of that damaged tattoo? Yeah, nope. it's all those goddamn tattoos because uh, the Joker wouldn't give a shit about tattooing himself. <laughs> James, I agree with you. Yeah. <laughs> no, you know what? Those bothered me at first as well, but like, it doesn't matter as long as his performance is good. However, like, if he if, if he if he kills it in every scene that he's in, you're not going to really care about the tattoos. I feel. Oh, I again, it's like if Batman vs Superman is like, oh, it turns out this was a Justice Lords movie. If this turns out, oh, this Joker is Jason Todd, thinking he's Joker, then yeah, I can totally buy into that. Where he's so into it, he starts doing those tattoos and stuff like that. Where he fully envelops that, tries to fully envelop that character. Then I'll be like, all right, yeah, they're been fucking amazing this whole time look like, I, so I i do that. feel like there's a lot of worth i mean of course like it's fucking great when they follow exactly what the comics are like but also like it's very big in american comics where um everybody that gets a a, a swing at bat at one of these characters they add something to it like the oh, yeah. first superman didn't even fucking fly mm-hmm. so um I don't think this is the same level as that, but like every everybody that touches these characters adds something new. So it will be different from the Joker that we oh, all yeah. know, probably to some degree. And I do hope that, that they follow uh, the comics, you know, as much as they can. But again, it's just as long as the fucking story is good. Yeah, yeah. It's That's all. It's what it all comes down to. I got something well. to say about the Joker. Um, so the, uh, Frank Miller wrote All Star Batman and Robin which never finished. I think they did maybe about nine or 10 issues. 
and they showed Joker in it, and he had a big dragon tattoo on his back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, this is Frank Miller, who did Dark Knight Returns, and, you know, this is a guy, like, if he does, like, a Joker or a Batman, he's kind of the guy you follow. You're, like, you kind of change your mind when he does it, because he's the guy you, like, listen to, right? Yeah. Uh, the Joker has, like, a big dragon tattoo, and so for Jared Leto's Joker to have, like, tattoos, I'm, I'm interested in why, but, I, but I'm, I'm fine with it. I think they're just prison tats. He got them in that fucking like Arkham or whatever the fuck. I don't know. <laughs> but but then, Black but then I also agree like Joker is chaos and he could care less for like any sort of nostalgia, which is basically what a tattoo is. Mm-hmm. It's like a nostalgia of something that you're going to keep on your body for the rest of your life. So obviously you better like it. But like, you know, either way, I'm like, I'm interested to kind of see a different take. I mean, there, it could it could very well be the case that they just don't explain the tattoos. He just has them. Sure, yeah. I'm I'm no. fine. Like it's weird because the tattoos are so stylistic of like the ha 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 on it is like like it's like the same exact font as like the comic book font, yeah. right? And and you mentioned that before, like, but that that doesn't bother me personally. But I understand your point. But like it's it's so weird because it's like okay, so this isn't a comic. Let's do this. It's like it's weird. It's like so Joker knows he's in comics, so he's just gonna like get a tattoo of ha 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 the same exact way. Mm-hmm. Like I, it's just like some of the tattoos are just weird. I mean, with Johnson, I don't like the I don't like the uh, damage on the forehead. Mm-hmm. I don't mind like the like on the arms or on the body. I'm just like that forehead tattoo, man. Just bugs the shit out of yeah, me. Yeah, it's a, it's like, a bit much. And the grill too, no. man. The fucking the grill's grill. fucking yeah. terrible. Who the fuck? Who thought of this shit? Like, who? Whose <laughs> idea was this? I honestly think like they were. Yeah, yeah, I think they like laid out a table of shit and they're like, "Go crazy!" And Jared's like, "All right, this is crazy as I can go." And they're like, "All right, that's it." It's also like they want to differentiate from Ledger, right? They want to be like, "Look, he played the best fucking Joker of all time." Like, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta do something different from this guy. <laughs> like, maybe, maybe they might have been even thinking like, "Battle." Good or bad, we're gonna do something different, you know. Also, you know, Jared Leto, he's in that band, Jared. Thirty Seconds to Mars. He's kind of in that whole emo rock realm. You're right about that, yeah. <laughs> and that's what oh, God. tattoos look like, you know. Like I don't love them like you guys, but like I can play devil's advocate with it, and we'll see. Yeah. We'll just have to see how the movie goes, yeah. you know. Well, that's what I said. I, I was like, what I'm saying is like, DC's got my money. I'm going to see this fucking movie. Yeah, right. Yeah. 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 So for better or worse, but I'm going to bitch about some of that shit. If I want to, this is my yeah. podcast. No, yeah. for sure. For sure. <laughs> yeah. We should all have differing opinions. That's for sure. Yeah. Otherwise it may be the most fucking boring podcast of all time. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Everything DC is doing. They're great. I love them. Yes. Yes. All movies are great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yes, indeed. Quite. <laughs> <laughs> if Vision showed up in that bitch, however, uh, he did fucking wreck them all. <laughs> just phase through and just start punching through and phasing back in, ripping their hearts out. Yeah, dude, fucking great. It'd be great. <laughs> well, shit, that that's fucking uh, Martian Manhunter right there. Vision and Mar- Martian yeah, Manhunter right. have the same, right. a lot of the same powers, but yeah, David Goyer fucking thinks he's stupid because. His name is Martian Manhunter. <laughs> well, Goyer's no longer in the picture, so that's good. Um, yeah. 
that's he's also another thing that makes me more hopeful for these DC films. Yeah, that's, get that's, rid of that's true. And Zack Snyder, if he can. Goyer's time is done. He needs to get out of it and let other people uh, fucking do some DC movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Isn't isn't George Miller a producer on Justice League? I hope he's fucking directing Justice League. Oh, yeah, I he'd be the... No, it's still Zack Snyder, but god damn it, they got George Miller since he originally was going to do Justice League like a decade yeah. ago or something. But it's like, yeah. If the way that Batman vs Superman has turned out, since so far it doesn't look like it's gonna pass eight hundred million. No, it, it did today actually, oh, or this oh, week. Finally, it did. Yeah, it's like it's still not doing as well as they wanted it to. No, it's not. It's Melissa like, McCarthy. You know Let's get Miller back in this. You know, Mad Max was fucking amazing. It got us like eight Academy Awards. <clears> so like, fuck it, put him on. I'll be like, all right, day one, I definitely go in for that. Like, granted, I am a good bias. I even fucking, I worked on Mad Max since I did 3D conversion for a year. And that was one of my favorite films I got to work on. But still, like, him doing that would be amazing. I'd just say make another Mad Max movie. Like, (laughs) yeah. I'm ready for another trilogy of, like, Tom Hardy as Mad Max. Yeah. Like, if he wants to do a DC project, that's cool, but. At his age, man, if he wants to churn out another like Mad Max trilogy, mm-hmm. do it, man. Yeah, it would, I think yeah. he's kind of up in the air at the moment. Like you hear, like, oh, he might be, he yeah, might be yeah. doing this, he might be doing that. Like he don't, I don't know. I'd be fine if he passed the torch with those films and just like had solid filmmakers, as long as he's like script writing and like produce executive producer. producer. Yeah, I think his age would like make him a very interesting director to do a Superman solo project. Like I feel like you need like an older guy to do Superman. Yeah, I, I feel like, but George Miller needs, like, a little more than, like, I feel like a lot of people think of Superman as, like, the Boy Scout, and I don't think that's what draws, like, for directors anyway. I mean, like, we all know Zack Snyder is not the choice for Superman, so you, I don't know if, like, George but Miller... What if it was, like, a live-action Iron Giant type of thing, like a real good, feel-good movie like that, but with Superman? Of I, course, I, you I would have to not have Zack Snyder doing it, but... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like just to kind of bring back that vibe mm-hmm. and hell keep it in the same universe, but have that director level approach and have somebody completely rework it within the same uh, timeline. The thing with Superman, like Superman embodies hope. He's always been hope, whether it's American way or not, it's always hope. So he's always going to be the, again, like my Maddie said, the boy scout is going to be the good guy. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not going to be the angsty, uh, character, um, and so that's always what Superman is going to be. So I mean, if, if if that's not George Miller's thing, then which I don't think it is, I don't think he's going to do Superman. But yeah, maybe not. Superman's always got to be that. He's yeah. got to be the good. And here's world. the thing: Marvel has once again shown that with Captain America, that people will go and see those films because yeah, yeah, even right. for the trailer for Civil War. Chris Evans has been uh, – there's a line he says. It's like, when a situ- situation goes bad, I have to jump in and help. No yeah, what. but Captain America's a fucking Boy Scout. Like, yeah. He – like, the Russo brothers get that, that he is a Boy Scout and you can't change him. I mean, even in, like, Winter Soldier, he's like yeah. – that part where he's like, don't curse. You know, like, that whole joke throughout that fucking movie. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Avengers 2, yeah. yeah. 
yeah. and it's like and those guys get that about him and that's mm-hmm. the thing that you're not getting with snyder because he doesn't give a shit about superman yeah like yeah it seems like it fucking, if snyder made a fucking batman movie i think all of us right here right now would be like that was a fucking great batman movie that was yeah. dark as shit i want to hear the frank miller yeah. i'm the goddamn batman like, yeah. that's, <laughs> that's gonna happen probably when Batman said shit, like I think uh, Stefan and I were talking about, like hmm. how it was like I loved it. I was like, yeah, Batman can curse because he's fucking tortured as shit. <laughs> and he was like, I don't know, it was kind of weird. And I was like, that's only because we're gardener to this PG thirteen Marvel shit. Like, don't yeah, get me wrong, yeah. I love Marvel shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I can't wait for Civil War, you know. But like, you kind of got to give these directors and some people like writing these scripts, kind of like let them ride this Batman. Like if I was about to get blown up by doomsday, you better be certain. I would say shit, motherfucker. Goddamn. <laughs> and then wonder woman jump in and I'd be like, Oh, thanks motherfucker. That was close. <laughs> you know, like, I mean, I, I think that's a gut reaction from a human response. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think cool about Batman is like, you know, he's like the thing about Batman is I think a lot of people put him in that superhero status He's not a fucking superhero. He's a man with a lot of fucking money who can fight. His superpowers like, being rich. Yeah. I mean, if you put Bruce Wayne in a boxing match with someone, I'd be like, Bruce Wayne's going to win that shit because he's Batman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and that's the thing. It's like my favorite scene in Batman versus Superman is when they kind of do this wide shot of like Batman kind of watching like Superman and Wonder Woman take on Doomsday. And there's like that moment when I was like, yeah, it, it almost seemed like he was like, what the fuck am I doing here? <laughs> like I can't do anything. Like I got this one round of kryptonite. Yeah, he really, he really had not much to do at that point. Mm-hmm. And it, it was a like for me, I like that because it's like, what can what can Batman do? But like knowing Batman, he's gonna step in. I need to save this city. I need to save these people. You know, so he steps in. He shoots the gas round. Does that cool zipline shit, and then he's kind of out of it. You know, he's yeah. like, I did my part. Okay, superheroes, go ahead. Yeah. yeah, I don't know, man. It's just <laughs> someone who someone who knows Superman needs to direct it. I think like the Russo's brothers with Captain America, they get that character. They get Tony Stark. Um, I think like with like the reviews James was talking about, I think like he gets those brothers get every character. And that's probably great of having a duo team director because you got one guy. It's like, no, I want this person to be like this. And it's like, dude, come on. Like, we read the comics. They don't act like that. And it's like, all right, you're right, bro. Mm-hmm. You know, like, let's rewrite this. Um, but mm-hmm. when you, you have like just one writer and one director, you kind of get just that one side. Um, but I think someone who does Superman needs to bring it into the Boy Scout, the light, like give us a Superman. We, yeah. deserve, we know. I think I- um, like Snyder supposedly had a meeting with Frank Miller before he, they really started production. Yeah. Um, in person, he, you know, because he loves, apparently loves Dark Knight Returns. A lot of people do. Um, but that's not really the take you should have for, like, if you if they ever did Man of Steel 2. Like, instead of meeting Frank Miller, he sh- they, they should be meeting Mark Wade and they should be meeting um, Grant Morrison. Yeah. Like, yeah. Mor- Morrison fucking has a tight grip like death grip on who the fuck superman is i feel like yeah, yeah the fact that he met with frank miller because that's that frank miller's version of superman is what we saw like you know, morrison has this spiel about superman he says that superman is exactly what his name is he's just a man 
that's super. Whenever you go walk the dog, you go around the, the neighborhood. Superman might walk crypto around Saturn's rings, but it's still the same thing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a normal dude, but just heightened. Like, th- I, I love that idea. Like, he really boiled it down to the essence of what it should be. And, of course, it's hopeful and, and all of that as well. But And then like, you got, like, Mark Wade. Mark Wade is a comic book writer that's mainly with Marvel now, I believe. Yeah. But yeah. he that. wrote Kingdom Come, and he and it's one of the best DC stories of all time. And he he's one of the few writers, I think, that's gone on record saying that he prefers writing Superman over Batman. And I know that he's a son of a preacher. And I think that that... I'd, I would like to think anyway that that influenced his love for Superman. Yeah. And the funny thing is, Mark Wade also wrote a comic series called Irredeemable, which is yeah. uh, about a Superman that finally snapped and went, fuck all this shit. And yeah. just took over the earth and started, like, you know, killing people in, like, countries at random, which is definitely a bit closer <laughs> to what Zack Snyder has been doing. Yeah, but. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, they should, you know what? If Snyder wants an evil Superman, I'm kind of down with them. Look, it, dude, if that's what you want to do, lean the fuck into it. Yeah. Like, have Darkseid fucking turn his ass evil. Introduce Red Kryptonite. It's from the comics. It yeah. turned him yeah. evil in the fucking Silver Age. Like, but once again, follow Ultraman or just follow fucking uh, Nether Realms uh, uh, Injustice game. Yeah, it's like yeah. they did the same thing. It was an alternate universe. Superman snapped, went bad, yes. and then they had our Superman, uh, Superman come in at the end and finally defeat him. Yeah, if that's if look if that's what they want to do, like if that's it's part of the problem with comic book movies these days too, and, and the internet, like the the fan reaction on the internet. Super superhero movies are. Um, hold on, Johnson, you go. Okay, okay. Right. Johnson, can you stay on for just a second longer? All right, sorry, man. So what I was saying was like superhero movies are kind of like art by committee, it feels like. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, maybe that's sometimes good, sometimes bad. I'm not really sure how I feel about that. Yeah. I just, is the Justice League movie, is this, is someone turning Superman bad? That's a rumor. It's only a rumor. Yeah. No one knows right. other than... Like the producers, uh, one of them, which is uh, Snyder's wife, basically said it's gonna have a slightly lighter tone than Batman vs Superman. Yeah. Okay, because if I see Batman fight Superman again, I'm gonna lose my fucking mind. Yeah, I don't think that's gonna happen, but he <laughs> just did it. Yeah. Um, you guys ready to close up? Yeah. Sure. All right, cool. Yeah, I got to slip back uh, into bed and look like I didn't stay up all night. <laughs> all right, cool. All right, let's do the closing thing. All right, thanks again, everybody, for listening to another episode of Superhouse Podcast. You can email us at superhousepodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at superhousepod on Twitter. We're also on facebook.com slash superhousepodcast. So now we have a bunch of new uh, social media stuff. Um, I'm Andrew Bush from Los Angeles. Joey, go ahead. Joey, uh, from Los Angeles and Cleveland at the moment. Um, I'm just going to close out saying that uh, Dark Souls 3 comes out uh, <laughs> April 12th. 
So uh, we're going to be talking about uh, the Dark Souls series next episode, making that happen. All right. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. Uh, This is Maddie. I'm hanging with Joey in Cleveland, but from Cincinnati currently. uh, Listen to Liturgy's uh, The Artwork. It's a great album, and everyone should hear it. I, I listened oh. to it this week. Nice. Oh, you came in late, James. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's good. All right. James, uh, <laughs> this is close out from Los Angeles. I didn't get mention it, but on Netflix, watch The Guests, watch Hush, and The Invitation comes out this week. All three really good horror films. Sweet. Will do. Awesome. Yeah. Oh, Thanks, awesome. Yeah. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. Hey, what about me? All right. Oh, Johnson. <laughs> Sorry, Johnson. <laughs> Yeah, this is Matt from Riga in LA and Spirit. Uh, Andrew, you posted that obscure games. Maybe next time we could talk about uh-huh. obscure, our favorite little-known games, something like that. Perfect. <laughs> That'll be yeah. That's great. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That'd be a great segment. Yeah. Awesome. I definitely can talk about that. Yeah. Yeah.